1: Welcome to Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time Podcast. As always, I'm your co-host, Art Stone, and with me as always, well, it's your co-host, Andy Hart. Hi Hart. (laughs) (laughs) So good to see you again. (laughs) Andy, when the moon hits your eye like a big pizza pie, it's fucking fake. You're faking it. The moon never went to your eye. There's no such record of something happening, Andy. You faked it. You lied. How
2: do you feel about that, being a liar? Well, it's one of the worst things you can do. I have to admit, all (laughs) the money I got for writing that song helps me sleep a lot better at night, even though the premise is a lie. It wasn't a moray. It was a falsehood. True
1: bunkfunkers, Andy, that's a great segue. Money makes the world go round, doesn't it?
2: Yeah, but only around the earth because... Well, we've never been to the moon. Yeah, we don't know what the fuck goes on up at the moon. You know, I look at it all the time and I'm like, what the hell happens up there? What's going on on that thing? But we don't know. We've never been there and we have no way to find out. We have no way to find out. Uh- Unfortunately, the moon will remain a mystery like all of outer space because there's no possible way for humans to leave the earth. We're stuck here until we die. <laughs> a little bit of hope for everybody, though. It's coming soon. <laughs> well, you know what's coming soon to you, Bung
1: funkers. That's the whole enchilada on the moon landing hoax and this came to us uh this this wonderful i mean uh, this is a cornerstone topic this is
2: yeah yeah if your stone is orbiting around the earth <laughs> what are we <weird> building <laughs> this game goes from a bunk bunker this did come to us from a bunk bunker so we have to give a big shout out right now and say thank you to ftp, f-t-p- underscore zach. zach and that's z-a-c-h not z-a-c-k
1: Zach sent this over on Twitter. Thank you, Zach. I hope the FTP stands for fuck the Packers.
2: <laughs> I hope the FTP stands for fart toot poop.
1: <laughs> it can stand for anything you want, but either way, thank you, Zach, for sending this topic. You're right. Zach said that, uh, you know, we, we covered the Stanley Kubrick episode, right? Mm-hmm, we did, mm-hmm. And it's kind of weird for us to do that before we did the actual moon landing and then I'll do them like 100 episodes apart. But mm-hmm. that's just kind of how we roll.
2: That's how we roll. We don't really think things through, and <laughs> I think for you longtime bunk bunkers, you'll understand when we you guys say that. Know that. Um, so we did a subset of this conspiracy earlier, and now we're coming circling back to do all of it. That's right, but with uh, a notable hole involving Stanley Kubrick, which you'll just have to go back and listen to that episode <laughs> yeah, to get the piece on that. Exactly, which it is worthy of its own its own topic. It was Very a big true. big topic.
1: Very true. And uh, but again, thank you to Zach. And uh, if you bunk can't wait to you know, blast past the uh, the uh, Andy Art radiation belt that is the intro of this mm-hmm. show and go straight to, I guess, you know, the whole lunar enchilada. You're ready to touch your eagle down on the...
2: <laughs> you're on ready, the scripts. Little you're, ready to, you're ready to spread your eagle on the, uh, the, the meat of this topic. That's right. Of course, as always, you can check out
1: the show notes, look in the episode description. There will be a timestamp where you can find out
2: when the script begins. Because first,
1: Andy and I gotta talk to you about uh, what we've been
2: up to. <laughs> we have... We've been up to a few things here in the bunker. Um, you know, Art and I, were are two... We're two vivacious, effervescent daddies. Uh, and <laughs> we have... Uh, we 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 have a lot of interests and yeah. we're passionate about a lot of things. And oh we've been yeah, involved in a lot of projects. We're fiery. Projects. We have fiery personalities and fiery crouches. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, we dyed our pubic hair red uh, to reflect our inner spirit, <laughs> and not like like red
1: like you know like classic gingers. I mean, I'm talking like crimson red, like yeah. like a fire truck, like fire, fire
2: truck red. <laughs> and and we used body paint to uh, paint our penises to look like fire hoses. That's right. It's really cool. It's pretty cool. But, you know, speaking of penises, uh, we have recently had sort of a, a, a personal, each of us individually. Yeah. And then a, a shared experience together. Yeah. Personal awakenings. Uh, and we've become, um, w- you know, well-known uh, anti-pornography. That's right. Anti-masturbation activists. That's right. Um, and we decided that uh, we spend too much time mm-hmm. um searching the internet for voyeur pornography um for amateur pornography for bdsm pornography for anal pornography for you know
1: serial mascot pornography uh pornography involving uh nurses who are running late to their shift but then they have to stop to fuck their boyfriends that's very specific pornography mm-hmm. style of pornography. Right. Um, we've been searching for CPA pornography, which mm-hmm. is where you go into your taxes. But then you get a little, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um,
2: Not everything adds up. You know what I mean? <laughs>
1: uh, car insurance, pornography, um, pornography involving the general auto insurance where the general has sex with various customers who want a great deal. Great little rates that you can get online.
2: We've enjoyed watching pornography of people that work in Arby's <laughs> after the restaurant closes. They have orgies. That's uh, also you might also know that as uh big beef muff,
1: uh, like roast beef curtain pornography, right? Big beef muff cr- pornography, cheese sauce, donkey beef, sauce, beef and
2: cheddar. <laughs> uh, we. I mean, yeah, yeah. We've we've. We've made we've we've walked down a thousand paths. That's right. And and um, one of
1: my one of my personal favorites actually has been um Studio Jiggly, which are a series of of award winning and family friendly uh hentai videos. You're right. Which is some great pornography. Right.
2: It's a pornography the whole family can enjoy.
1: Um really really yeah, it pulls on the heartstrings. Yeah. There's a story and it's sexy. That's right. Um and now Andy, you and I we came to this conclusion for different reasons. Right. Me personally I was tired of losing so much uh, protein mm-hmm. um, by masturbating. So now I keep it all inside of me, pent up inside of me, where I can use it to f- to fuel my muscles. Right. Um, and that's 100% science. Mm-hmm. And you can look this up. This is on the internet, um, which is a source of truth. Uh, the internet has never lied. That's a proven fact. Mm-hmm. And I know that because I posted that on the internet. Yeah. So I told some people that there's nothing on the internet that's made up. And therefore, I mean... internet accepted it then it's true
2: the ruling body of the internet lets you post something then whatever you've posted is a fact that's right yeah you you wanted to save up on protein and as for me i pulled too hard and my penis fell off it was really embarrassing i was really getting Uh into it
1: (laughs) now correct me if i'm wrong andy but you did that and all of a sudden your penis woke up turned around and said i'm
0: free i'm free fuck Finally, I'm
1: free. (laughs) Scampered off, is that
2: right? It it started wriggling away, but uh, I was able to catch it in a jar. I put a little twig and some grass in there for it to like hang out.
1: Uh, And now your penis
2: put a a couple of flies in.
1: Now correct me if I'm wrong though, Andy, but your penis now has also uh spun a sort of like cocoon of cum. Mm
2: -hmm. A cum coon. Cumcoon.
1: Not to be confused with the famous uh vacation destination for people. Cumcoon. Um, now your penis is spun at come and is now, I, I guess, metamorphosing
2: into who knows what, I don't know what, I don't know what the next stage of life is for, I don't know what the next evolution is for a penis. I've never seen this part of the, the life cycle before, but I'm excited to find out, um, but
1: it's led you to the route of activism right. as, as it has with me.
2: Right. I realized that, you know, I was, pu- I put myself in a situation where I had to jerk too hard and I pulled my penis right off. And then it spun its own come And now I don't know what's going to happen in the future. Yeah. And it's a lot of uncertainty. And I didn't think everyone, other people should have to go through that. So, you know, you and well, I, Well, now that we've had this experience, we want to force it on others. Right. I think that's one of the big things about us is that when we have an experience and we make a choice, we feel like every other person should also make that choice. <laughs> that's right. 100%. And if they don't, they're wrong. Yeah. And they need to be shown uh, our ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, at any cost, basically. You
1: know, we we come at it from a twofold. Uh, and these arguments are, I mean, they're infallible. I don't think you can find, I can't think of one. So I don't think one exists. Is that, you know, basically, yeah, if you don't stop doing this stuff, your penis is going to fall off mm-hmm. or and you're going to lose a ton of protein. Yeah. Your muscles will atrophy. That's right. Your penis will fly away. You'll turn into a gross little golem schmiegel looking creature. Yeah. And, and you don't want to be like that. You don't want to be like that. What do you think schmolem and Schmeagel and golem was a metaphor for? He was going after that one ring. One ring of what? Yeah. The
2: one ring stood for come. Yeah, he was yeah, he was going to use the ring to It was masturbate. a cock ring. It was a cock ring. He was using the one ring to masturbate. And that's
1: what look, and is that what
2: you want to end up like? And he ended up in a volcano. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I forgot that everybody's read those books.
1: A tiny man with big feet is going to throw you into a volcano yeah. if you don't stop masturbating, period.
2: End of story. No fap. No fap. So we became outspoken, That's right. aggressive, anti-pornography, anti-masturbation. I got no fap
1: tattooed across my belly. <clears throat> yeah. Upside down. So that in case I ever wanted to fap, I would look at my belly and I would see, oh, no fap. No fap.
0: Yeah.
2: I've, uh, I've I've taken to uh, going into Starbucks and ordering a no-fat frap. <laughs> and they say it fast enough, it sounds kind of like they say no-frap, no-fap. And so I'll just shout out, I'm the no-fap! I'm no-fap! And you should be too! Luckily, there's
1: so many Starbuckses, you keep getting kicked out of them, but you can go to find other ones.
2: <laughs> they really made a miscalculation with me because... You know, it doesn't even, I don't even have to go out of my way to go to a different one. You just go to the one across the street. But the good news is, Bunkfunkers, we got asked to be the spokespeople for an organization that uh, tries to help people avoid the temptations associated with pornography and touching themselves. That's right. Uh, It's called uh, Bonk Tech. Um, You know, I assume this is related to the meme. Uh, And after our experience, I would say it pretty much is, you know, where the... The horny dog. jail. Yeah,
1: the
0: dog
2: hits you with a bat.
1: You could Little, little, up. little, I don't know what kind of version of Doge that is, but, you know, everybody was, some sort everybody of a... wanted to fuck a cartoon, that cartoon aunt, aunt. She, they're like, somebody put some picture of her with like a low cut top and it was like everyone was real horny for it. And I got it. I totally get it. I mean, back
2: in the day, back before NoFap, mm-hmm. I would have been all about that. Yeah, we would have been wanking it hard to. That that actually, two we things did. we love. I did, yeah. I mean, I don't. I every Pixar movie I've ever turned on, I just st- immediately start masturbating and I don't stop. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, really, really, really gave up a very weird perspective. But uh Yeah. But you know what? You gotta do what you gotta do. Yeah, you do what you gotta do. So yeah, it's like the the little doge, bonking on the head, you know, bonk, you're going to horny jail. So yeah. So this was Bonk Tech. This was Bonk Tech, and we signed up immediately. We didn't even read the contract. And
2: there's no reason to. We knew we could tell this company aligned with our values, <laughs> um, and so we went to meet the CEO of Bonk Tech. That's right. And I got to tell you, Bonk Funkers, this was one really buff guy. He was a buff, older, grizzly dude. Yeah, smelled like cheeseburgers and cigarettes. Yeah he he didn't. He didn't look good, No. Uh, or smell good, No, or have a good personality, but he was buff. Yeah, he was. And we were really feeling the urge to, you know, pull down our pants and just start jerking off right there. <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's just me like fingering my butthole now because my penis fell off. But it still works. It still feels good. <laughs> so we're getting really revved up. Uh, oh, our meeting. engines were hot And you could tell We because, were sporting Hemis we, Yeah, we were visibly aroused And we kept talking about wanting to masturbate <laughs> And how we were going to start jerking off And, and you know, this guy had kind of a, in reaction, a semi Uh And I guess it makes sense Given yeah. what he does for a living Right um, But he pulled out a Louisville Slugger And he just started beating us in the head Until we went unconscious And the whole time he was saying like You fucking idiots. I'm Mr. Bunker. That's right. Our relationship is weird enough as it is. Don't jerk off to me, you fucking sickos. What the hell is wrong with you two? You're going to masturbate to me? What the fuck? (laughs) And then he just kept whacking us with a Louisville slugger in the head. Oh, yeah. He whacked us off good. Yeah. So uh, eventually we went unconscious. Um, We suffered multiple concussions. Oh, yeah. Um, And then we woke up here in the bunker. In the, in the studio weird experience you know what are you going to do uh, yeah. I mean the bonk tech guy I think was justified I mean we made this commitment and we didn't honor it we turned our backs Yeah, you know I guess
1: uh, we really fapped up there yeah we did yeah we, uh, we really fapped we were beach. really a couple of jerks
2: But live and learn. You know, activism is never easy.
1: That's right. Um, We can't, you can't, you know, can't get cranky
2: about it. That's true. You know, I'd be yanking your chain right now if I said I was pleased with how things went. But I mean, come on. (laughs) We gave it a shot. You
1: know, it's uh, when you see men like us, it's just. Sometimes you just got to, you know, you just got to, you just got to accept us for who we are. I mean, this is one of
2: those situations uh really bunk funkers that I think Art and I are going to look back on and we're going to be like, oh, jeez. <laughs> what were we thinking? <laughs> and that'll probably keep us up at night. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, speaking of keeping
1: us up at night, there's something that always wakes us up and early in the morning that's the bunker alarm <laughs> yeah yeah it <laughs> I guess that makes sense what is it made sense
2: <laughs> it made sense sure yeah because we we have it we said it have it we go have off it program. At random times yeah. yeah um so we're very happy because today we get to ring the bunker alarm for a new patron that's right um we love getting new patrons. That's right. Uh, we have such a great community a around the community. show in spite of our horrible personalities. Oh yeah. And our general overall shitty demeanor. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're so grateful to add another into the fold of bunk bunkers. Um, so please help me thank James Harrington, James Harrington. Thank you, James. We're so happy to have you as a bunk. Funker. Thank you, James Proud patron. That's right. We so appreciate your support. That's right. Um, We're really glad to have you uh, as part of the bunker. Um, Yeah. And this bunker alarm is going to be for you. Yeah, this bunker alarm is for you. Um, So crack a cold one and get ready because we're going to fire up the machine. (laughs) Oh, my God. And it takes a little bit of effort to get this thing going. It is. Crack a cold one. Crack a cold one. Crack a cold one. Uh, Here we go. Let's turn it on. Hmm. (laughs) All right. So it's not supposed to make that sound. Oh, it does not. Let me try. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna have to try. And he's rolling up his sleeves. I'm gonna try have to try the hand pull.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! And he's and he's yanking its chain. Oh, there's that diesel engine uh, going. Listen,
2: listen to that baby purr. There it goes. Uh, there we go. Okay, let's find a good uh, James. We're gonna get a good bunker alarm for you here. So let me just uh, tap in the old.
1: Andy playing the bunker alarm's ivory keys.
2: Okay. Ooh, there's some there's some uh, grease. We need to clean this thing up. Yeah, we need to get it cleaned up. Uh, I shouldn't eat so much fried chicken while using it. Okay.
1: <laughs> yeah, chicken skins litter the uh, bunker alarm.
0: <laughs> hmm.
1: Uh okay. Wow. It's very similar to the uh that glasses machine that uh, the optometrist puts on your face.
2: Yeah. Whatever uh, that thing is called. Yeah, it's the same design. Uh the Bunk Tech Bunker Alarm <laughs> 20 was originally designed to make eyeglasses. But uh, you know, it was retrofitted to play alarms. That's right. All right, so James, James Harrington, newest patron of this podcast. That's right. Uh this bunker alarm is for you in three, two, one.
0: Wow.
2: Wow, That was, that that had a melody and everything. Yeah. Yeah, that was a really complex one. That was lovely. Yeah. Um, well, James, that bunker alarm was all for you. Thank you, James. Uh, we appreciate your support, and we're happy to have you on as a patron of the show. If you would like
1: your own bunker alarm just like James, you, of course, can, uh, and you have the means to do so, of course, if you want to support the show, you can find us on patreon.com, patreon.com forward slash MrBunkerPod. Not only that, you get two, count them, two extra episodes every month of our Patreon-only show, Andy and RT Bunked. We do tons of fun episodes on there. Uh, you know, I think... For the uh, the month of October, we, uh, we're we going to read some scary, we read some scary stories to uh, tell in the bunk. Um, we have guests. We do tons of fun stuff. You get access to the Bunker Discord. We can chat with us and other bunk fuckers. We have tons of fun there. Posting memes.
2: Yeah. Great I'm memes. I'm getting fired up.
1: <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, no. We post memes. We talk about our lives. We have fun. We bullshit. Um, you know, there's monthly newsletters we release on there. Tons of great stuff. So, uh, if you want to support the show and have the means to do so, you can do so there. But other than that, Andy, I think we got to fucking blast off. We got to blast
2: off. I got a tank full of fuel, and I'm ready to blast it. Yeah, we got... We're all gassed
1: up. We're ready to fucking just rise like a goddamn phoenix. We're ready to shoot off. Shoot our rocks to the moon. This is a good one. This is a cornerstone one. Let's not fucking forget that, punk funkers. Because let's get to it here. This is... This is the definitive guide. I'm saying it, the definitive guide. Wow, to the moon landing hoax big claims. Here on Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time
2: podcast. 5 4 3 2 1 Ignite.
1: Bunkers, this episode is one small
2: step for Mr. Bunker, and one whole enchilada for Bunk kind. This week we're bringing you the whole enchilada on the astro naughty theory that the moon landings were faked. Oh my God, those
1: freaking moon landings were so fake to me in high school. Moon landings would always be like, OMG, I'm throwing a lunar solstice party this weekend. You should totally come by. But when the tide rolled in, where was my invite, Andy? Never. It never showed up. So friggin' fake to me. Mm
2: Okay. So fake, uh, Art. That never happened. First of all, the moon landings were a series of human missions to the moon. Second, you, me, and everyone listening knows no one has ever invited you to a party. Not even as a joke. Stop
1: spitting. You sound just like the moon landings. What, did you just eat corn? In the back of my throat, it's popcorn. Got a a kernel in the back. And my guidance counselor. And most people I talk to. And my parents. And my mechanic. So fake. Anywho, people have thought that the original moon landings were faked since the moon landings aired. I mean... This is a cornerstone topic. It's just like JFK. Yeah. It's just like uh, MKUltra. There's, you know, the ton of uh, instant doubt. Instant doubt. We are, of course, talking about the Apollo 11 manned mission to the moon, which was the first ever human arrival on the moon. But most moon hoaxers believe that you know every mission to the moon after that was also fake as well. There's multiple. But you know what? Let's do a little bit of history here. We're not going to release the history hug, but we're doing a little bit of history. The USA got a big old space race boner in the early 60s, baby. I mean, their throbbing passion fueled by the veiny lust for domination over the Soviet Union, penetrating the thralls of communism worldwide. Landing someone on the moon would be a huge win. I mean, technologically and nationally. This would generate worldwide acclaim for the good old U.S. of A. And President John F. Kennedy agreed, and he made an appeal to a special joint <laughs> joint session of Congress on may twenty fifth of nineteen sixty one he said, "I believe this nation should commit itself to achieving the goal or uh, uh, before this decade is out of landing a man on
2: the moon and returning him safely to earth the u s was trailing the Soviet Union at the time in the space race, but just five years later in nineteen sixty six after jfk's speech and frankly. Hogged out challenge. It was a challenge. It was a hogged out challenge. NASA conducted their first unmanned Apollo space mission using the proposed rocket that would eventually carry the first astronauts to the moon. Fast forward three more years to 1969. Nice. At 9.32 a.m. EDT, Eastern Daylight Time here in the USA, on July 16th, the world watched as NASA sent astronauts Neil Armstrong, Buzz Aldrin, and Michael Collins aboard Apollo 11 on a mission to the moon. These chads traveled 240,000 miles in 76 hours and entered lunar orbit on July 19th. The next day, at 1.46 p.m., the lunar module Eagle, manned by Armstrong and Aldrin, separated from the command module where Collins remained. Two hours later, the Eagle began its descent to the lunar surface. And at 4.17 p.m., the craft touched down on the southwestern edge of the Sea of Tranquility On the mother freaking moon. Cementing their legacies and JFK's legacy as a time wizard who can see into the future. Okay, maybe I added that last part. At 10.56 p.m. as Armstrong stepped
1: off the ladder and planted his little foot on the moon's powdery surface, he spoke his famous quote. That's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. Aldrin joined him uh, on the moon's surface 19 minutes later, and together they took photographs of the terrain. They planted a U.S. flag. They ran a few simple scientific tests. They collected moon rocks and even spoke with President Richard Nixon via the Houston Command Central. And, bungfuckers, I'm so excited. I mean, this is wild. I, I'm 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 very excited. We have a real tape. This is real. This is not a joke. This is a real tape of this call. Uh, is very exciting. Uh, thanks to uh, one of our listeners and our good friend who works at NASA, Dick Nougat. This is a legit piece of history from NASA. Here it is, bunkfuckers. We're going to play it for you.
2: Hello, Neil and Buzz. I'm talking to you by telephone from the Oval Room at the White House. And this there, certainly has to be the most uh, historic telephone call ever made from the White House. I just can't tell you how proud we all are of, of what you have done. For every American, this has to be the proudest day of our lives. And for people all over the world, I'm, I'm sure that they, too, join with Americans in recognizing what an immense feat this is.
0: What's that, Mr. President? I couldn't hear you over my huge friggin' balls, dude. I'm on the fucking moon.
2: Wow. 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 What wow. a piece of history. I can't believe we got access to that, Andy. Uh, it's incredible. Thanks again. I mean, seriously, big shout out to yes. our friend and loyal bunk funker Dick Nugget, for getting us that tape. Dick, Dick Nugget, NASA employee Dick Nugget. thank you for doing this for us. What a find for our show. I mean, a true patriot, Dick Nugget. <laughs> thank you, Dick. So- Moving on, by one eleven a.m. on July 21st, both astronauts were back in the lunar module and the hatch was closed. The two men slept that night on the surface of the moon and possibly spooned each other for warmth and, oh, I don't know, told each other their hopes and dreams. (laughs) I don't know. Could have happened. (laughs) Possible. Think about it. Could have, maybe. We don't know.
1: They might never tell.
2: Who do you think was the big spoon, Neil or Buzz? I bet it was Neil. In that moment, Buzz just wanted to be cradled. Then at 54 p.m., the Eagle began its ascent back to the command module. Among the items left on the surface of the moon was a plaque that read, "Here, men from the planet Earth first set foot on the moon, July 1969 A.D. We came in peace for all mankind. And that's the story, Morning Glory. At 5.35 p.m., Armstrong
1: and Aldrin successfully docked and rejoined Collins, and at 12.56 a.m. on July 22nd, Apollo 11 began its journey home, safely splashing down in the Pacific Ocean at 12.50 p.m. on July 24th. Now, normally, Bunkfunkers, we give you that big, tasty whole enchilada, then we serve you up a side salad of skeptics' take. But this topic has a plethora of conspiracy takes, and we're going to provide the conspiracy take and then immediately right after the skeptic take. So it's really more like tapas, where every small plate is the whole enchilada. Either way, we're going to leave you satisfied. Five stars, we guarantee it. And there's a lot of conspiracy takes on this topic, so we're going to focus on the main ones. And also, this only really applies to Apollo 11 landings, you know, the first moon landing. But for your reference, there have been six human landings on the moon, including Apollo 11. Each did similar excursions. Two dudes, Traveled to the surface of the moon, and one dude got absolutely blue balled and had to stay in lunar orbit, never getting his moon rocks off.
2: Damn. So, what's the main conspiracy takes for orbiting in this topic, bunk funkers? Well, there's number one: shadows and shit don't match up in them photos. Number two: there's freaking radiation belts around the Earth and shit. Three: blast craters are missing and shit. Four. Transmissions were weren't super delayed and shit. And five missing data and shit. A lot of shit. Capish, bunk funkas. <laughs> you got that? Capiche. Also, another announcement. This is a classic for us. We attempt to describe <laughs> visual elements through our audio medium, and lucky for you, a bulk of these moon landing conspiracy theories involve dissecting the photographs taken on the moon. So you know, we'll do our best. Uh, Let's start with the brightest spot in this conspiracy solar system, the lack of stars in the photos. Where were all the celebs? (laughs) There are no stars in any of the photos taken on the surface of the moon. The void of space is just black, empty nothingness. In fact, the Apollo 11 astronauts also stated in post-mission press conferences that they did not remember seeing any stars during their time on the moon's surface. So conspiracy theorists are all like, uh what gives? Well, they sum they surmise that since these landings were faked and done on a soundstage, that the head honchos at NASA overseeing the whole fake landing decided don't put any stars in the backdrops because then astronomers on Earth could figure out which stars were in the photos, and using their position on Earth, figure out their celestial position. And if the position didn't match with what they saw in the photos, then NASA's dastardly deed would have been found out. Ooh, and they would have gotten away with it too if it weren't those weren't for those meddling
1: astronomers and their telescopes. Ooh, astronomers, foiling <laughs> another ruse. So rather than to get found out, NASA decided, eh, don't put any stars in the backdrop and made up a lie about how you can't see stars in space. Which, honestly, you know what? That's something we can identify with. They said, eh, this is too hard to figure out, so fuck it, don't do
2: it. (laughs) The story of this podcast. (laughs)
1: That's right. Well, the skeptics say that the astronauts on the surface of the moon were taking pictures of, you know, shiny, bright objects, so they would need to shoot with a fast exposure and a small aperture, which makes the stars not appear in the background. You know, cameras have the same issues that our eyes do. They need to expose the shot for a certain length of time and with the, uh, and, and the width of the lens, which is exposure and aperture. Much like our eyeballs need to adjust to the night sky to even see stars in the first place. Now, you can take photos of the stars, but you need a longer exposure times and wider apertures. But this would have fucked up everything else. The lunar surface and the other astronauts would have been blurry blobs. What's the goal of taking photos on the moon? It was to get... Pictures of the moon, not the stars. Now, think about this. The moon is so fucking bright that you can, it can cast a shadow on a person on Earth when it's full. So imagine how reflective and bright its surface was. There was no way the astronauts could capture activity on the surface and the stars at the same time, given the technology of their cameras and the goal of what they were shooting. Now, the bottom line for skeptics is this phenomenon exists even here on Earth. They aren't snapping any selfies over this take.
2: Another huge problem moon hoaxers point out is the inconsistency in the shadows of the astronauts and objects stationed on the moon. There are many examples of this, but one commonly used one that easily illustrates the point is a photo of Neil Armstrong's shadow taken from his point of view with the sun at his back behind him. Uh, And thus, his shadow outstretches in front of him at 12 o'clock on a a metaphorical clock face used to indicate direction. So it's it's like straight out in front of him. Right. 12 o'clock position. But right next to his shadow is a rock, which has its shadow being cast at the 9 o'clock position. This is nearly a 90 degree difference in shadow. Moon hoaxers beg the question. If the sun is the only source of light on the moon, and this wasn't shot in a Hollywood studio, then why are there two different shadow directions? To them, it's pretty obvious this was shot in a studio with a bunch of studio lights, and someone didn't realize the shadows were off. Now, skeptics retort with if there are multiple light sources, why does every object only have one shadow? Multiple light sources would have multiple shadows, would it not? <laughs> Skeptics say that the unevenness of the ground can bend a shadow or or more than likely give the perception of a bent shadow. Furthermore, we are looking at two dimensional representations of a three dimensional space, aka literally what a photograph is. Uh, Even on Earth with a low sun angle and the perspective of the camera, we can make shadows appear to be divergent in photographs. Same as the moon.
1: There's another iconic photo that moon hoaxers like to pick on of Neil Armstrong on the ladder of the lunar module mid-step the angle of the sun is on the opposite side of the lunar module causing it to cast a large shadow totally engulfing neil uh in theory neil should be shrouded in darkness and shadow right kind of like me when i'm you know waiting up for waiting up late for santa claus
2: yeah yeah Yeah.
1: casting darkness waiting in darkness (laughs) (laughs) waiting in the shadows for that jolly old fat man to eat my cookies and give me presents to drink your milk and drink my milk And the thing is, Neil is cast in shadow, but in the photo, he's actually relatively visible, as if there's like this spotlight just on him. It's not super bright, but, uh, you know, juxtaposed to the, the shadow on the ground, he's very clearly visible. Skeptics point out that this makes sense, given how reflective all the surfaces were on the moon. First off. The astronauts' spacesuits were bright white and were highly reflective and any light at all within that shadow would have been bouncing off of them. Also the surface of the moon is highly reflective. I mean, that's why we can see it at night and that's what gives werewolves their powers. Okay. Okay. Oh, sorry. Different topic. (laughs) Got it. (laughs) But seriously, the dust on the surface of the moon is called regolith. Now regolith, uh, the, the the light reflective property of regolith is called albedo. Actually, every everything's light reflective property is called albedo. The albedo of regolith is about seven to ten percent, which is about the same as an old road or a parking lot. Eh, so reflective enough to cast some light back at Neil Armstrong's reflective suit and brighten him up in the shot. The myths, the MythBusters themselves, Jamie and Adam, uh, recreated this photograph using albedo accurate fake regolith we able to get their toy Armstrong to be to be, uh, you know, lit up while
2: covered completely in shadow. Now, we've been talking a lot about these photographs, but uh, has anyone ever noticed how friggin high quality they are? I mean, these were taken in the 1960s for crying out loud. I used to have to take my entire family down to the JCPenney's on Oak Street and then wait in line for an hour just to get a family portrait at half the quality of the moon landing photos. And that's after my fourth wife, Janet, stopped fussing with our son, Cashew's, hair. The boy had a cowlick, Janet. For Christ's sake, I'm sorry I passed my hair, cowlick, gene, onto our son, Cashew. I didn't want to ruin Cashew's life like this. Who is Cashew doing? You guys still stay in touch? Last I heard, he got arrested for horse theft. Just like his great-great-great-grandfather. Anywho, the photos on the moon are nothing like what I got out of JCPenney's. These are some high-definition photographs, almost too high. (laughs) 420. Moon hoaxers are feeling very sus about the quality of the photos on the surface of the moon. These are like movie and studio-quality photos. Skeptics respond the same way the photographer at JCPenney's did. There were a ton of poor-quality photos taken. He just kept screaming it over and over. These are all terrible. Well, Janet was fussing with Cashew's hair. Yeah, and then he backhanded me. The J.C. Penney's photographer? Yeah, I mean, in in his defense, I was standing over his shoulder and breathing directly into his ear with my open mouth.
1: Uh, Well, in your defense, he did tell you to smile.
2: Yeah. Yeah, what you ask for, photographers. (laughs) So anyways... NASA only ever released the nice pictures. Why would they release shitty blurry images from the moon? (laughs) The reason for all the shitty photos was that the cameras used were rigged onto the chests of the astronauts with special mechanisms to help operate them. Because, as you can imagine, trying to change focus and zoom with space gloves on is near impossible. Now for the quality, we're no experts. So we turn to our resident bunker photo expert, photographer and videographer of justinlink.com. Justin Link for info. <laughs> the Apollo astronauts used high resolution Hasselblad 500 EL cameras with Carl Zeiss optics and a 70 millimeter medium format film magazine. According to Justin, quote, to the question posed as to whether or not the camera film used could produce such high quality photos. The type of film used was a medium format film specifically designed for this use case by Kodak. Through, though the film was unique, the film size was not. Medium format is a size still used by film shooters today. Quote-unquote standard normal size film was a 35mm film, and the film used was a 70mm size film. For perspective, that's double the size. At, the, at that time and today, advertising agencies used medium format cameras to create photographs big enough to blow up to billboard size the film and cameras used could easily capture the photos we know today as the moon landing photos, end quote. Wow, wow. Advertising. Hey,
1: if it's good enough for Artie Brand candy cigarettes in our fall ad campaign, that's good enough for me. Artie Brand candy cigarettes. Pretend you're a kid pretending to be an adult. Artie Brand. We don't just make candy. Well, actually, yes, we do. Carry on.
0: Anyway... So, the
1: astronauts trained on the Earth's surface for actually quite a while, uh, among many other things they trained to prepare to go into the fucking moon. They practiced taking photos with these high quality cameras, literally strapped to their chests, learning to judge distance and exposure. And I don't know which Instagram filter to use. Was Instagram around back then? Yeah. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Yeah, probably. Now, sources say that the knots had 160 color pics and 200 black and white pics in each loading. And according to Justin, quote, that's at least 200 exposures per magazine. <laughs> I'm not going to do the voice. I wasn't able to find an accurate source on how many magazines they had. Yet the ones we often see in popular media or when you Google, quote, moon landing, is about 30 to 60 different pictures if you really look for them. That means potentially hundreds of pictures weren't accounted for. Pure speculation. Most likely, in all caps, Justin, because those pictures were out of focus, accidental shutter releases, poorly exposed, meaning too dark or too light, or just simply bad pictures. It's more than likely uh, there were plenty of bad photos, and the math supports it. NASA didn't just release or even bother with those photos, because why would they? The idea that NASA would publish poor or out of focus images is laughable. If all but one of the photos came out well and and that one photo was poor, we'd likely see that photo. But the images came out very well, so why publish the poor ones if there's no scientific or creative merit to them? I am constantly putting aside bad photographs even as a professional photographer. It's part of the job. End quote.
2: Wow. Thanks Justin. Yeah. Justin himself just got done taking a bunch of medium format photos, just like the astronauts, on his trip to the Badlands and other places. So please go support our friend and check out his awesome photos at justinlink.com. All right, just a few more photo nitpicks here, bunk bunkers. There's an iconic image of a rock that looks like someone put the letter C into it. Now, our question is, who is this C? Is it Carl, perhaps? Moon Carl? The lovable moon man, Carl. Could be Carl. Maybe. Moon hoaxers say yes. Oh, no, wait. They say these might be labeled studio props. Ah, damn it. Fuck. I guess moon Carl will remain a mystery. Never gets the credit he's due. Now, skeptics say, one, this is most likely a stray hair on the scanner glass. Two, why would NASA publish a photo that so clearly shows this is a prop? And three... No film or Hollywood director would ever label an on-set prop like this in case they wanted to shoot from a different angle that day, especially not the great Stanley Kubrick. More on that later. Ooh, that's what skeptics say. More on that later. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, there are some photos that show the uh, Rousseau plate, a clear glass plate with a crosshair and reticle on it, attached to the astronaut's cameras. Thus, every photo, the crosshair, in every photo, the crosshair should always be in front of the object. Well, there's a few pesky photos where the crosshair is behind some objects. What's up with that? Skeptics say this effect only appears in copied and scanned photos, not any originals. It is caused by overexposure. The bright white areas of the emulsion bleed over the thin black crosshairs. Then there's the flag. You're a grand old flag, you're a high-flying flag, and forever in peace may you wave. You're the anthem of the land I love, the home of the free and the moon. Wow. I love wholesome music like that, Andy. Just a
1: good family-friendly song about a guy who wants to fuck a flag. They don't make them like they used to. No. Just such a wholesome song about... Want to have sex with a flag. Oh, yeah. Anyway, who country could, music has really lost its way. <laughs> who could blame old Yankee Doodle? He just wanted to scurry up that pole and pump the flag with his noodle. Yankee Doodle went to town and fucked the flag a <laughs> <laughs> And so do many moon hoaxers, Andy. Because when they saw the U.S. flag being planted on the moon, they noticed it wiggled a little. Ooh, yeah. What gives? The surface of the moon is in space, and space is a vacuum, so there's no air. There shouldn't be anything fluttering. So prominent moon hoaxers believe this is evidence that a fan was blowing on the studio set where they filmed the moon landing. Now, skeptics point out, first off, the flag was being held out taut with a horizontal rod, which causes it to look a little wrinkled like a curtain that isn't closed all the way, which gives the illusion of waving, and secondly, the flag wiggled Because the astronauts were friggin' jostling the dang thing, trying to get it into the pole, into the ground. And yes, space is a vacuum. But shit still moves until another force acts on it and stops it. And in this case, it was the
2: friction of the fabric against itself. All right, already. Enough with these photographs. We keep talking about photographs. We're gonna summon... this
0: photograph! Every time I do, it makes me laugh.
2: Oh, God. Demon Chad Kroger. One sec, bugbuckers. Bunk Nickel back to hell with you, demon.
0: <laughs> oh, 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 God. We all just want to be big rocks. All
2: right. Another reason moon hoaxers believe the moon landings never happened is because of the Van Allen radiation belts. The Van Allen Radiation Belts are very real areas encircling the Earth uh, of solar winds uh, trapped by the Earth's magnetic field, which is pretty friggin' cool. This is the thing that keeps the Earth's magnetic pants on. Like, the Earth has a mana shield, and every time the Earth's enemies do damage to the shield, it procs a poison attack with dot effects. The Earth definitely has a pretty sweet build going on, and I think the late-game loot is gonna be sick. I'm liking this build. I'm gonna it's copy it. good build, yeah. Uh, the earth the earth is probably my favorite RPG character <laughs> yeah if you get a chance to play the earth That's yeah right. <laughs> uh, there are two main Van Allen belts the inner belt and the outer belt and a transient third belt ooh this drifter of a third belt <laughs> no one ever knows what that third belt's up to what the third belt up to he comes sometimes for Thanksgiving but then the other years we don't hear from him at all <laughs> uh, the inner belt is the more dangerous one <laughs> containing energetic protons The outer one has less dangerous, low-energy electrons, beta particles. Perhaps the third one has sigma male particles? I don't know. Just saying. Maybe. Maybe. Hoaxers say if the astronauts even cross past these belts, they'd be dead from the radiation. There's a reason why the International Space Station and other manned flights to space went nowhere near these radiation belts. Skeptics agree. Sort of. Yeah, the Van Allen radiation belts could definitely be harmful if exposed to them. But for how long the Apollo 11 mission passed the inner belt in a matter of minutes and the outer belt in about an hour and a half. The aluminum hull of the ship also protected them from any radiation. It's been calculated that the radiation, the knots got was an average dose of less than one REM, uh, 10 MSV, which is equivalent to the ambient radiation received by living at sea level for three years. The total radiation received on the trip was about the same as allowed for workers in the nuclear energy field for a year. So, yeah, I mean, it's within the limits of safety here
1: on Earth. But at the same time, uh, you know, these guys were strapping themselves to a friggin' rocket and hurling themselves into space. Kind of a bigger concern than a little smooch of radiation. Just,
2: just a kiss of radiation.
1: Let's move on to the topic of blast craters. And no, I don't mean the open faced toilet within the bunker kitchen. <laughs> The lunar module left no visible blast crater on the the moon's surface, and furthermore, there was no visible flame splurting out beneath the lunar module's rocket as it blasted off. So it was clearly being hosted by a wire on a soundstage. In regards to the blast crater, skeptics have to say, well, actually, one skeptic in particular explains it so damn well, we're just going to quote them. Uh, Phil Platt's blog, Bad Astronomy, is a staple for the moon hoax skeptic circle. Uh, What Phil had to say about the blast craters is this, quote, When someone driving a car pulls into a parking lot, do they do it at 100 kilometers per hour? Of course not. They slow down first, easing off the accelerator. The astronauts did the same thing. Sure, the rocket on the lander was capable of 10,000 pounds of thrust, but they had a throttle. They fired the rocket hard to deorbit and then slowed enough to land on the moon. They didn't need to thrust that hard as they approached the lunar surface. They throttled down to about 3,000 pounds of thrust. Now, here comes a little bit of math. The engine nozzle was about 54 inches across, uh, from the Encyclopedia Astronautica, which is a fucking cool name for an encyclopedia. Yeah. <laughs> which means it had an area of 2,300 square inches. That, in turn, means that the thrust generated a pressure of only about 1.5 pounds per square inch. That's not a lot of pressure. Moreover, in a vacuum, the exhaust from a rocket spreads out very rapidly. On Earth, the air in our atmosphere constrains the thrust of a rocket into a narrow column, which is why you get long flames and columns of smoke from the back of a rocket. In a vacuum, no air means the exhaust spreads out even more, lowering the pressure. That's why there's no blast crater. 3,000 pounds of thrust sounds like a lot, but it was so spread out, it was actually rather gentle. End quote. Mm. Now, in regards to the lack of visible flame, the Saturn V rocket that carried the Apollo into space burnt liquid oxygen and kerosene, creating a dramatically uh, fiery plume. The lunar lander, on the other hand, was propelled by a mixture of nitrogen uh, tetroxide and aerozine 50, which doesn't produce anything. It exhausts gases were completely transparent.
2: Ah, transparent gas. Reminds me of the basement where my parents kept me as a boy. (laughs) That makes a lot of sense. When I became a teen, I got to move into a different basement. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, we've been talking about sound stages a lot. That's because in general, every moon hoax believes the moon landings were faked and filmed on a sound stage. But a handful of them believe that Stanley Kubrick was the one who filmed it. Now, as we mentioned, we've covered this theory pretty in-depth already with our episode on Kubrick's hidden messages in The Shining. It's hefty enough for its own topic. Over 100 episodes ago, episode 20, the real conspiracy is, how has this podcast lasted for so long? (laughs) Yeah. Now, in essence, there are a ton of moon landing and Apollo mission images and metaphors in The Shining. Why would a perfectionist such as Kubrick include that stuff? Why would he choose to adapt Stephen King's horror novel, but then completely gut the novel out of its themes and then fill his movie with his own imagery and metaphors? Furthermore, Kubrick was also a well-known perfectionist and had the technical knowledge to accurately create a convincing moon landing film and photos. Kubrick displayed this knowledge on many of his past films, including Dr. Strangelove, where he nearly accurately recreated the inside of a B-52 bomber with photographs alone. And that's where he got the U S government's attention. Kubrick also bought the same exact camera lenses that NASA used on the moon to film his movie, Barry Lydon. In fact, many theorists point to the film lens Kubrick used to film Barry Lydon as another example of his involvement in filming the fake moon landing. You see, The Carl Zeiss planer 50mm 07 lens was designed by Zeiss in 1966 on special request for NASA for the Apollo program, and they made about 10 of them. Kubrick bought three leftover lenses from his batch for the filming of Barry Leiden. In exchange, Kubrick basically got free range to make whatever movie he wanted for the rest of his career without interference from the government, starting with his insane sci-fi epic 2001 a space odyssey now skeptics don't have much to say about this
1: i guess other than the shining is a movie and stanley kubrick is dead but hey you know what you got to check out our episode on it for a more in-depth look into that take alone yeah um there's a lot, we we go over all basically the bulk of the references to the moon landing that are in the shining and what they could have possibly meant yeah Now, another media-based hoaxer claim is that the transmission delays, which they say, uh, are far too quick to be real. Skeptics point out that in all original audio recordings of the moon landing, a round-trip travel time of more than two seconds is apparent. Many later examples probably cut the delays out for effect or for time in broadcast. I mean, nobody wants to listen to dead air.
0: Copy that art. Don't hold for delay. Got it.
1: Yeah. Andy, we got to make sure we don't do that because uh, nobody wants to listen to dead air. So speaking of copying things, uh, NASA, if you're listening and we know you are, (laughs) let me let you in on a little secret. Only real smart computer hobbyists such as myself uh, know this one. It's called Control Plus C. I'll copy. It'll copy stuff. Hmm? I learned it from my guy, Clippy. Maybe you heard of him. I don't know what any of this is. This is gibberish to me. Yeah, control plus C. It copies stuff. Funkfunkers, why am I absolutely dunking on these NASA eggheads right now? It's because many hoaxers have pointed out, and NASA themselves have admitted this, they have lost the original copies of the moon landing footage, all of it. Not only that, but the company that NASA contracted to build the lunar module, the Grumman Aircraft Engineering Corporation, fucking deleted all their documentation and blueprints on the lunar module as well. Hoaxers point, out, point this out as like, see, this stuff never happened. They don't have any evidence. They deleted all their quote unquote evidence. Do you really think the government, don't you
2: think the government would protect this stuff at all costs, end quote? Quite frankly, I mean, what the fuck, eggheads? How do you end up in a situation like this? You're supposedly supposed to be so smart. Yeah. And yet, here you are, eggheads fucking up royally. Yep. Well, fuck you, eggheads. NASA would like to clarify, though. Yes, the original Apollo 11 data tapes containing telemetry and the high-quality video, before-scan conversion from slow-scan TV to standard TV, of the first moonwalk are missing. But we still have broadcast copies of everything. The directly recorded data from the moon is gone, though. Now, the belief is that in the 1980s, the rapid release of satellites skyrocketed And these satellites were producing a ton of data that needed to be stored on magnetic telemetry tapes. NASA's supplies were running low, so they straight up erased over the moonwalk tapes captured by the astronauts on the moon by the lunar cameras because broadcast copies existed everywhere. Elsewhere. Not everywhere. Don't all have a broadcast copy of the lunar landing, I guess. Uh, Let's also shed light on what we mean by broadcast copies. You see, the signal that came from the moon was not what millions of people watched in July of 1969. Nice. Data from the Apollo 11 mission were sent from the spacecraft to the ground stations, one in California and two in Australia, which retransmitted it to the Manned Space Flight Center in Houston. The ground stations also recorded the data on special one-inch 14-track tapes, one track of which was for video. The video footage was recorded in slow scan 10 video frames per second, which meant it couldn't be directly broadcast over commercial television. And it wasn't the right resolution for commercial TV either. The video was converted for broadcast resolution and frames and uplinked to a satellite, then downlinked to Houston where they displayed it on a 10 inch monitor and then filmed the monitor with a TV camera to broadcast it to the world, which is literal boomers doing the most boomer thing imaginable. (laughs) filming a screen they filmed a tv screen to broadcast they brought a tv camera in to film a tv to broadcast on tv hosters aren't convinced by this the dog ate my homework
1: excuse how do you let one of the most monumental achievements in human history get erased over like andy's sixth marriage wedding tape
2: i saw betty lynn at the grocery store the other day actually art she didn't see me, but I saw her, Ugh. and I could tell she still hasn't forgiven you for that. It's the main reason she left me. <laughs> but you know, between you and me, that claymation porno tape you made was hot stuff. Oh yeah. Oh man, Cumby, Cumby, <laughs> and his his huge donged horse friend, Porky. <laughs> anyway speaking of hot stuff who are the moon hoax hotties spreading the conspiracy fire across the lunar surface baby (laughs) well arguably the granddaddy of all moon landing conspiracists is bill casing casing was pretty monumental in spreading moon landing hoax ideas with his influential book we never went to the moon america's 30 billion dollar swindle self-published in 1976 casing was the architect of many of the hoax theories covered in this episode He was the first to market the idea that this was filmed on a soundstage and he picked apart much of the footage. However, unlike some other hoaxers, he believes that the Apollo ship actually did go to space, but just not the moon and with no one aboard. It was likely just in low orbit and then footage was cut to the astronauts on a soundstage in Nevada of them on the lunar surface. Then the footage cut to them, quote unquote, landing in the Pacific Ocean. And I should say, quote unquote, lunar surface when I say lunar surface here. Right. Casing's backstory is interesting because despite having no knowledge of rockets or technical writing, Casing was hired as a senior technical writer in 1956 by Rocketdyne, the company that built the F 1 engines used on the Saturn V rocket. He served as head of the technical publications unit at the company's Propulsion Field Laboratory until 1963. He also originally had a publisher lined up for his book, but the publisher wanted him to write the book as satire. But Casing was like, "Nah, dude, I believe this for real." So the publisher dropped him, and Casing said, "See, evidence of NASA suppression." In the end, Casing says that the chance of a successful crude landing on the moon was calculated to be zero point zero zero one seven percent.
1: Now, the next big event that really revitalized moon hoax belief was a Fox TV documentary slash shockumentary called Conspiracy Theory. Did we land on the moon? There's a question mark in the title. Now, this first aired in February of 2001 on the Fox Network, you know, like X-Files, Simpsons and King of the Hill, not Fox News, Fox Network. Um, it was viewed by some 15 million viewers. It's a uh, strange relic of its time. But Casing uh, makes appearances in it, and it's even narrated by Mitch Peleggi, who played Walter Skinner on the X Files. So it's kind of neat. Uh, definitely feels like a precursor to what the History Channel would later become. Um, they did it first. The subject matter covered, however, is very similar to Casing's early theories and the topics we covered earlier in this episode. Now, the third player in the Moon hoax game is Bart Sibrel. And you might know him best as the guy that Buzz Aldrin punched in the face
2: in a viral video. Art, Buzz Aldrin has been cold cocking, knocking out motherfuckers for a long time, okay? That could be anyone. It's true. He does love to punch people in the
1: face. Yeah, it's his number one thing. Besides going to the moon. Bart's main tactic to he's prove... He's punched more people out than he's been on the moon. That's true. Bart's main tactic to prove the moon landings were fake, among others, is approaching astronauts involving with involved in the Apollo missions and asking them questions about the moon landings uh, and showing them footage that he believes proves that the moon landing was faked, attempting them to to get them to misquote or misremember or misrecall information. He then asks them to place their hand on the Bible and, quote, swear and affirm under penalty of eternal damnation, perjury, and treason that the astronauts really went to the moon. These are all documented in his video, Astronauts
2: Gone Wild. And no, bunkfunkers, that's not a joke. That's the real name of the movie he made. It's not a joke where we say, and that's not to be confused with our movie, Astronauts Gone Wild, about sexy, fuckable astronauts getting astronauty on spring break. These horny astronauts aren't all ass. They'll show you their tits. That's not what this is.
1: Too true. Andy, but, you know, bunkfuckers, we can't promise that you won't hear any steel drums at 3 a.m. on the E! Channel. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Wink. 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 (laughs) In Astronauts Gone Wild, Cybril approaches the following Apollo astronauts. Buzz Aldrin, Alan Bean, Eugene Cernan, Edgar Mitchell, Michael Collins, Alfred Warden, Bill Anders, John Young, and even Neil Armstrong himself, who very rarely gives any press yeah um cernan and mitchell now what especially not now oh yeah well because he's dead yeah cernan and mitchell actually do testify that they did indeed walk on the moon taking the whole oath as Cybril states it to them alan bean also does this but then he has a problem with the under the penalty of treason part and then starts to argue with Cybril about the semantics of the word treason and what it means and uh before you know very professionally and calmly telling Cybril to please leave his house Edgar Mitchell also didn't take very kindly to Cybril. Mitchell states that Cybril lied about being with the History Channel, even having false credentials, and after a few minutes, he popped the Bible question. Mitchell then tells Cybril to get the fuck out and threatens to knock Cybril's ass on the deck. And then later, a little bit later, uh, as Cybril, like is trying to leave and he bends over to pick up a bag, Mitchell then kind of aggressively knees him in the ass, but like he doesn't really strike him you know, by like raising his knee up, he kind of just brings his knee up and then the hip thrusts his knee into
2: Cybrile's ass. Um, are we actually talking about astronauts gone wild or astronauts
1: gone wild? To be honest, I'm not so sure anymore, Andy. I'm going to I'm going to be real with you.
2: All right. Anywho, uh, but Cybril has multiple conspiracy videos, some the same length as feature length movies. His most noted one is a funny thing happened on the way to the moon, uh, which, I mean, who knows? Did he get a cease and desist letter from, you know, that other movie? Anything happened on the way to the worm or whatever? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm sure he did.
2: <laughs> so Cypres's main thesis is that the Apollo moon landings between 1969 and 1972 were staged by NASA under the control of the CIA. His three main reasons for disbelieving the moon landings are as follows. One, Apollo's achievement with its 50-year-old technology cannot be reproduced in 2019 by any nation in the world, including the United States. Two, the shadows appearing in one of the Apollo 11 photographs are not parallel and therefore must have been taken in a studio with multiple light sources. Three, the Van Allen radiation belt that exists around the Earth does not allow humans to pass through it due to its extreme radiation. Cyril has very strong Christian beliefs and believes the moon landing is a quote-unquote satanic lie. So,
1: what got us here, bunkfunkers? I, I don't mean, you know, you getting to the point in your life where you considered subscribing to this show. I mean, moon hoaxes. Why are they a thing? Where was America's head at the time of the moon landings?
2: Well, Artie, it wasn't the best. Wow. America honestly was in a place where it was very ready to accept conspiracy as fact evident by the fact that many conspiracies were coming to public knowledge as true watergate MK ultra cointel pro and more hell. Why not the moon landings films like 1977's Capricorn one starring OJ Simpson even capitalized famous murderer OJ Simpson. Oh, he was acquitted, I guess uh. anyway, even capitalized on the zeitgeist by depicting a fictional Mars mission conspiracy. Then you also had the Vietnam War, which wasn't exactly the most popular military-industrial complex effort at the World History Lunchroom. (laughs) (laughs) Not sitting at the table with World War II, that's for sure. Nope. Some hoaxers believe the landings were deliberately used to distract the public from the ongoing war effort. So overall, what else do skeptics have to say about the moon
1: landings in a last-ditch effort to convince the hoaxers? Who... By the way, let's talk some numbers here. In 1994, a 1994 poll by the Washington Post, 9% 9 of respondents said that it was possible that astronauts did not go to the moon and another 5% were unsure. In 1999, Gallup poll found that 6% of Americans surveyed doubted the moon landings happened and that 5% of those surveyed had no opinion. Okay, not mind-blowing numbers, but still some very unconvinced people out there. So what else can we say? A lot of hoaxers like to point out the amount of money used to fund NASA's space missions and that it could have been used for other purposes or, as Casing points out, used to pay people off to keep quiet about the conspiracy, mainly the astronauts. Uh, And while there's definitely some arguments to be made about whether our country's budget concerns, where where our country's budget concerns should be, NASA's Apollo funding was accounted for before Congress in 1972 at $25.4 billion. Many hoaxers like to point out that NASA could never let its prestige be tarnished and fail a mission, especially after JFK's challenge in 1961. This, they, also said, they also say there's no way NASA would ever film astronauts getting sick or dying on the way to the moon. But skeptics say, you know, that's not necessarily true, given that NASA actually faced some serious backlash after the fiery ground explosion of Apollo 1, which killed its entire crew. I mean, NASA has fucked up a lot. And it's been well-documented and very public. You know, that Apollo 1 even led to their upper management team being questioned by the Senate and House of Representatives space oversight committees. And obviously, this is a different era, but the Challenger explosion was also a huge blow to NASA's prestige, and that happened live on the air. You know,
2: NASA has definitely taken some blows in the past for their major failures. At the time of this recording, it's been over 50 years since the Apollo 11 moon landing. And in that time, since we've had more confirmations for the moon hoax from the skeptics in the form of photos of the site of the moon landing. In 2007, the Japanese probe CELINE, a.k.a. Kaguya, started mapping the lunar surface. The resolution of the photos wasn't the best, but in some lighter areas of the moon's regolith, the Apollo landing site could almost be seen. The images were used to re- to create 3D reconstructions of the lunar surface that matched the photos taken by the astronauts. In 2009, the Indian Moon Orbiter, uh, Chandrayaan-1, took photographs of the Apollo 15 landing site and lunar rover tracks. Also, in 2009, NASA launched the Lunar Reconnaissance Orbiter or LRO to map the moon's surface in unprecedented detail. <laughs> The LRO has photographed the moon fully nude on four occasions. In the shots, you can see several human-made objects on the lunar surface, including both the Apollo and the Soviet rovers. <laughs> Debris left behind by the astronauts is visible and identifiable as clearly artificial. Also visible are the double tracks of the rovers, Soviet and American. I guess we already mentioned that. We said it twice. It's hot stuff. It's hot you know those rovers were all over the moon's surface and you can tell from those tracks. Two sets. Two rovers. Two at a time. Two big honking rovers. Beep, beep. In 2011, NASA released high quality photographs taken by the LRO where the regolith of the moon's surface disrupted by the astronauts can be seen. Also in 2012, LRO photos confirmed that all but one of the American flags are still standing. Turns out the lunar module knocked over Apollo 11's flag upon liftoff. They went to all that trouble of yeah. fucking around with it, trying to put it in the base, and then they fucking knocked it over when they took off.
1: Finally, the Apollo program collected 380 kgs or 838 <laughs> pounds. How come you said kgs and you didn't say LBs? I don't know. Jesus. I like to say kgs, it said kilograms. Jeez, okay. Don't fucking knock me for talking. <laughs> okay. Of moon rocks, Andy, during
2: the six crewed missions. That's a lot of fucking rocks, That's Andy. a lot of rocks. You know, I think that's one thing we need to keep in mind, people. The moon rocks, yeah! Do-do-do-do-do.
1: Now, the rocks from the Apollo missions also match the Soviet ones that were recovered. Another thing that skeptics like to point out, no peer-reviewed accounts in journals anywhere exists that dispute the validity of the moon rocks. Also... Neat fact, most are more than 200 million years older than the oldest earth rocks. That's a rock fact. Rock fact. And bunk bunkers. there you have it. The whole enchilada on the moon landing hoax. Years ago in 2019, you issued us a challenge when you said, we believe this podcast should commit itself to achieving the goal before the decade is out of going to the whole enchilada and delivering it safe safely to our mind tummies. That's JFK. That's you, Bunkfunkers. Well, Bunkfunkers, we got into the Krapalo, Krapalo rocket, shot ourselves to the frickin' moon, we packed into the Pooner module, did a couple of sick donuts, popped a few wheelies, and we brought it home, baby, and we can't wait to show you all our naughty little photos. But what will you little sleuths find? Will you analyze every shadow? Will you look for signs it was fake? Or will you wonder how two idiots engineered their own toilet-based rocket? Or, punk funkers, will you kick back, and watch in awe, enjoying the whole enchilada?
2: Now, if they issued the challenge in 2019, and they said, within the decade, we didn't technically achieve that. But if we say within a decade, and we did.
1: Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time podcast will be right back after this brief message.
0: Welcome to Anthology of Heroes, the podcast that explores the most pivotal moments of history through the eyes of those who lived it. In this podcast, we don't spend our time recounting facts and dates.
1: Welcome back, bunk funkers. That was our research of the moon landing hoax. We did it. There it is. Cornerstone of it. There it is. Big old topic. Uh, classic conspiracies. Of- um,
2: well, I got a lot of thoughts
1: here. We have so many thoughts, bunk funkers. I want to let your co-host Andy talk about his thoughts. He's pent up with rage. He is. uh He almost drowned this morning at the pool, the bunker pool. Uh, thinking about his son, Cashew. <laughs> And wow, that kid is in jail for horse theft. Uh, so, uh, Andy, I, your floor is yours. The Got it pisses <laughs> me
2: off so much. I mean, why does she have to keep messing with his cowlick? Stop bussing over you it. You and Janet were not right for each other. We weren't. But God, she was so sexy. <laughs> so, the moon hoax. The moon hoax. Um, I want to talk about one thing at the top here. Okay. Um I want to talk about the this claim that I hear a lot that we no longer have the technical expertise mm-hmm. to go to the moon.
1: Of course, you're referring to this is a classic cyber quote. Bart Bart
2: Sibrill says this Sibbril, that yeah.
1: That uh, how could we have possibly gone? Back then with with something that was like one one thousandth the power, the computing power of, of smartphones.
2: Right. And that there's no way we can't replicate it even today. Yeah. People say this a lot in, I think, in a lot of conspiracy theories. Big time. Where it's things like with the pyramids. Oh, we don't have the technical expertise to build a pyramid today. Right. We don't have the technical expertise to go to the moon today. And I think that a lot of people say these things because, well, nobody builds, builds a pyramid. Well, nobody's building a pyramid. Nobody's going to the moon. And so, therefore, we don't have technology. It's like, well, no, we don't. Yeah, it's like, could we drop everything today and just go to the moon? No. Like, no, NASA doesn't have a lunar landing craft. They don't have spacecraft and landers and stuff that can take human beings to the surface of the moon. But it's like, why would they? Why Why do we need to go to the moon? First of all they don't have like unlimited budget as much as some people like to make it out that like money doesn't mean anything yeah and, that's why private companies have been doing all the moon yeah. shit yeah i mean and another thing is like one thing i read recently totally unrelated to research for this episode was that Blabber. yeah nasa like will openly admit yeah we don't have the technology that got us to the moon anymore like we don't have we can't just recreate the technology because it's way more complicated than just like Oh, we have pictures of it. We know how to build it. Like, a lot of people worked on those lunar missions for a lot of time. Yeah, a long time. And you have to think of it in this way. Like, does everything, like, work exactly the way a blueprint says it will? No, never. Sometimes you have to make adjustments on the fly. And they relied a lot on the skill of the workers that knew these things inside and out to make adjustments on the fly, to make things work the way they intended to if it didn't actually function the way that they thought it would when they originally made the plans. Right. So there's a lot of like knowledge that no longer exists because those machines have been scrapped. Those people don't exist anymore. They died. Um, They don't have the memory of exactly everything that they did. They can't recreate it from from memory. There's, there's so many like little pieces that go into it. The factories that used to make those components don't exist anymore or don't make those components or those components aren't what's preferred for space travel now. They would not redo the whole – we wouldn't just put Apollo 11 together again right. to go to the moon today. It wouldn't make sense to do that. It was so risky. They would they would do it in a safer way now, in a different way That's
1: now. That's my argument. We have fucking drones and robots that, and satellites that can do this for us. We don't yeah. need to send men to the moon. Right? It's it's fucking dangerous as shit to go there. I mean, that's what like Apollo thirteen, right? That was the one that fucked yeah. up. With yeah. Tom Hanks was on board, and he right. brought it home. Yeah, uh, that was
2: the that was the the one where Tom Hanks was the astronaut. Right?
1: Tom Hanks was an astronaut. Yeah. We all know this, and then became an actor. So it was a great documentary, and uh, and so it, it's fucking dangerous. It's insane. It takes. How much time and money and effort goes into training these people? You got to find these fighter pilots who have like the right medically sound. They have to be fucking crazy enough to do this they and train for hours, train hundreds of constantly hours, constantly training. And then one little thing can go wrong. And, and
2: you they're yourself
1: another challenger.
2: Yeah. Or, you know, they're just floating into space forever right. and they'll never come back. Right. NASA has killed a lot of fucking people. Yeah. A lot of people have died. And, and we should expect that. And we should, we shouldn't, we shouldn't say like, Oh, NASA has a perfect record. Yeah. We wouldn't expect that having a perfect, they record, don't know what they're doing because this is literally the first Apollo 11 was the first time anybody done that. It's amazing that they didn't die. <laughs> we should be amazed by that, that they didn't die. They should have died. Yeah. It was probably really low success chance. All they can do is try to plan. They never did it before. Right. This has never been done before. Like, there's no fucking blueprint. When we go to Mars, nobody's ever done it before. They don't know what to do. Yeah, it's really fucking dangerous. <laughs> you got to weigh the benefits in the, the the. There's cost. an argument there. There's cost benefit what do we gain by going to the moon what did we gain what by going the to the moon what the fuck is on the moon there's very little on the moon there's nothing there there's nothing there but rocks they got a lot of rocks and yeah it's very interesting they did it but they did it so much eventually they got to the point where they're like we aren't learning anything more right. we've learned as much as we want to know there's nothing there's no more reason to put people's lives at risk right. to do this it's the, the the achievement was made and yeah it's great that we did it right. we should have done it i mean showing my hand a little bit here it's great that we did it We should have done it. It was the right thing to do, but it doesn't mean that you have to just do it forever in perpetuity just because you can. Yeah. It's a waste of money. It is. There's no reason to go back.
1: There's nothing up there.
2: Yeah. Mars is much more of the, the (laughs) there's, there's no atmosphere on the moon and there's never going to be right. Like there, you know, if we if we tried to habitate there's no nightlife, the moon. there's no atmosphere, there's no clubs, there's no theater scene. I don't no get live
1: it. music Where is scene. The no atmosphere. There's lunar
2: culture. <laughs> yeah, there's no culture. I mean, uh, sure, I'm going to go there. But what? I have to come back to the earth for groceries? <laughs> fuck this. <laughs> I mean, it's just it's like the moon be, will be a pit stop. The moon is the moon is going to be nothing more. That's than. all it will ever be. It's going to be big, tro- big Todd's lunar truck stop and that's all it's like alternative three that will probably become reality eventually right but you know it's just going to be a waypoint and they're already kind of discussing that in 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 nasa is like returning missions to the moon learning more about the moon again like rekindling interest in the moon just because it's going to be a place to stop refuel but like those those places that they build on the moon are probably going to be very sparse yeah it's going to be very utilitarian it's going to be like like a shitty airport, basically. Yeah, basically. Like, you come, you refuel, it's gonna be as little staff as they need to make things happen because that place is gonna be like under probably constant bombardment by right. things from outer space. There's nothing to stop it. Like, it's and even dangerous that's, as fuck. And even that's years away. Right. I, I, I also have a problem with the idea
1: of like, well, how could they have done the computing power? The computing power. It's like, Motherfucker, we built an atomic bomb like a decade earlier. Yeah, they did a lot of stuff without they, computers. They did a lot. It was a feat of... Ever heard of this thing called engineering? It's the same fucking principles that apply today to the computers. You know what I find? Just because you don't have fucking computing power. Like, yeah, we have computing power now. That's why we don't need to send people there anymore. We could just send a fucking robot to go do it for us. And then the robot can die. Like, we don't give a fuck about the robot. You know, whether the drone or whatever you want to call it, a satellite. It's a feat of engine. It's 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 not like like it's mechanical engineering. It didn't need computing power. You don't need mm-hmm. computing power. Yeah. <laughs> Humanity did a lot of crazy wacky
2: shit for a long time without any computers. It's like uh <laughs> hey hey non eggheads. Yeah. There's this thing called fucking radio that you don't need a goddamn computer to operate. Uh in case you haven't noticed they've been broadcasting radio for a long fucking time before we went to the moon. Yeah. Uh and that's what they used was fucking radio signals right. because those will go into space. Yeah. There's nothing stopping a radio signal from going into right. space. No, it's it's you ding dongs. It's just it's so Wake f- up. Look, Hello. Is anybody listening? Art Sibrel, what the fuck, dude? <laughs> we got callers on the line. Radio.
1: Oh my god, it's the film radio. Oh my god.
2: <laughs> it's Ed Harris. It's Ed, Ed Harris. Harris.
1: <laughs> Coach
2: Jones. <laughs>
1: I I just yeah, I get frustrated with that argument as well. I have to say that there's there's basically I was actually shocked. There's almost there's no argument that gives me there's only one thing that gives I'll put it this way. There's one thing that gives me pause. One thing that gives me pause about this whole topic. Nothing about this topic. I don't want to get ahead of verdicts, but I am very unconvinced by everything on this topic. I think this topic is funny. It's a cornerstone. I don't I mean I think there's wacky characters and Grifters, for sure, involved in it, like everything. But the only thing that gives me any pause is the missing data. I do not understand why they made that decision. I don't understand why the project managers made that decision. I don't know why you would ever delete these things. These are historic pieces. Now, I know that you have no sentiment. There's no sentiment with you. You fucking hate things. You think photographs are stupid. You fucking hate mementos. You don't like keychains. You don't like memories. You famously refuse to take photographs. You think photographs are going to steal your soul, but I argue you don't even have a soul. I know this for a fact because I've known you for such a long time. I know there's nothing inside of there. You're a husk of a man. Literally, they ought to call you corn man because you're just a husk. And inside, those kernels are dead. They ain't making money popcorn, let me tell you. There's nothing. There's dead, you have dead, dead shark eyes. (laughs) Your eyes are as black and as empty as the fucking vast void of space in those moon landing photos. But the only thing that gives me any pause is the deletion of the data. I don't understand why they made that call. Why would you delete that stuff? I understand that there's no use for it, but like, you just don't delete things. Like, I I get that things were different maybe back then. You know, but that's just me. I would never have ever made that call. I would have said, no, you're not going to fucking delete those tapes. What are you talking about? There's a a piece of history. That's the first signal that came from the moon and we recorded it here. Like, it's data that traveled from the moon. And then it came here and you put it on a physical thing. And then you're just going to race over it for what? Some fucking satellite? Come on. I... I'm actually going to agree with you on this. Point. Wow. You agree with me, Andy. You're so full of life. Look at your rosy cheeks. Blood. You're a human. You have life. You have love. There's passion within you. I, you have, you care. <laughs> I You're just a caring man.
2: It's a like loving man. <laughs> I mean, if that was the excuse, it's kind of like, eh. I fucking like, hate that. excuse. What, what so was that data that was coming from these satellites? That was so important right now. And I get it like, okay, you know, the the feed that came back, the original telemetry, it's like, oh okay, it's not it's not like broadcast ready, but it's still like I don't know. I mean I get I get their point of saying like, oh well we have the broadcast copies. Like there's this footage still exists. And it's interesting because But they feel shame about it. Yeah, you can tell it's kind of like NASA scrambled and
1: like sent a bunch of people to go look through like yeah, what is essentially that like scene from the Ark of the Covenant. Like, that, that's an actual warehouse <laughs> yeah. that exists where they yeah. keep shit from right. the government. And, like, people were scrambling to try and find this stuff. And they're like, yeah, we can't find it. Yeah.
2: No, I, I mean, like, I understand. So then they
1: way. had to go hire a company to help them recreate it using the broadcast footage, but then also using, like, techniques and things that existed from the 19th. It's like, it's like all right, i I'm a, I'm a little bit of a... like This is coming from a guy who still has notebooks from, like, early freshman year in college and i've been out of college for like i think uh when did i go to like yeah over a decade yeah it's been a while so like there's no reason for me to keep these notebooks but i still have notebooks from college because i'm like the kind of guys like well you never know i might need i might need to know what what was going on in algebra 201 you're taking
2: algebra in college
1: or whatever <laughs> calculus. I was taking
2: calculus. Yeah. Yeah. I did have to retake it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Thank you. I failed the first time. I
1: mean, you just save stuff like that. You just don't delete over it. I don't care what the, like it's just, no, I, I don't know. Get rid of, I get it's, rid of all that.
2: It's stuff. boneheaded. I get rid of that stuff. I don't need it. Yeah. But,
1: I, I understand that, but this is the fucking yeah. first
2: thing that ever came from. I mean, space. let's face it. Your notebooks are no moon no, landing footage. No. Um. Yeah. No, I agree with you on this. I think it's kind of, kind of silly. A little bit that they did this but it's like i guess i kind of get it and you know the fact of the matter remains like yeah the i mean it just it it throws enough fuel on the fire where people could be like yeah well maybe they did fake it like how do we know that this broadcast you know they were filming a monitor like that they that's what they say they were doing is filming a monitor like well right that calls into question like the veracity of that because you can't actually look at at the original although i will say like in in music You know, like original recordings and stuff get like uh, there was that fire at the Universal uh, Studios in uh, like 2007 or whatever that destroyed like bunches and bunches of material. Like some people lost their original like recordings and things. Yeah, I hate that stuff. Yeah. Original recordings are amazing. Yeah, And I'm fucking sick. I'm sorry to
1: get on my little soapbox, but I'm so fucking sick of how only Spotify has all these remastered versions of songs. I would like I to have the, the originals. I would yes. like to have the
2: option to be able to
1: select different versions.
2: Fuck. Stop
1: it. You know, I don't want to listen to the remastered version of Master of Puppets. I want the original, goddammit. Worthers, They get it. Now there's a company that fucking gets it. Worthers Originals. Not remastered. is one fucking recipe and they've been doing it since 1838. That's it. Butterscotch. In my mouth, it's original. It's caramels. And I, whatever the fuck it is. <laughs> I don't fucking know what I'm talking about. I just know that it's original. All and right. that's what I want. I want the originals, baby. Don't give me this remastered shit.
2: Yeah, I hear so you. So Spotify, if you're listening. <laughs> if you're listening, and we know that you are. We, you, I guess you have to be. You'll play our episodes. You that's must be right. listening.
1: Give uh, us those originals.
2: Yeah, I just, it's, you know, it's like once, I guess there's this thing, though, it's like with, with recorded music, it's like the original doesn't really matter it doesn't. that much if you have a digital copy of it. No, because then you have, but at the same time, like when you convert an original, like recording, uh, you know, especially older things that aren't recorded originally digitally, it changed, you have to change it, like you have to convert it, like you can't just like take it and say like. Then now it now it's digital. Like it doesn't have right. a magic wand that just takes everything. So you lose some of whatever the character of that original recording is or the medium in which it was recorded. There's also the human element of like when you
1: remaster or move us like somebody has to somebody makes a decision. Somebody makes decisions that aren't that differ from the people who originally made that the thing that they made.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Now, okay. You know, how much of a difference? You know, I don't have that trained of an ear. I just want the originals. I just don't every time I see remastered, I'm just kind of like Ugh. No, it's true. I I mean, want to, to to be the original recording that I know I originally heard.
2: You know, I've heard remastered versions and it's like they'll remat you know, they redo one and they do a different mix, and it's like, I'll hate the mix. And then they'll do another mix later on. You know, I listen to older music, so there's all these like copyright extension releases where they just put out stuff and they re- remix it just so that they can extend the copyright for another 50 years or whatever. That way you can, you know, have your copyright go until like a thousand years after you're dead right. because nothing ever goes into public domain anymore. Well, I don't, I don't know why you're do... getting
1: so worked up because the music industry and their copyright laws are completely reasonable.
2: <laughs> yes, they are.
1: <laughs> There's nothing weird or shady that goes on with how weird you're right. and fucking bullshit uh, you know, these uh, could... Copyright laws You're right. May the copyright on this podcast never expire. I mean, we deserve copyrighting and songwriting credits on all of Olivia Rodrigo's songs. Because we're a couple of sour dudes. We (laughs) were the first guys to ever take photos like that or dress up like little teen cheerleaders. I mean, you could Hey, like or hate Olivia Rodrigo's music. I don't think she deserves... I mean, it's not her. It's the fucking record companies. All these people have to get fucking songwriting credits and then that's how you make the money is the songwriting credits and it's like then you have to share 50 percent of the profit of all your things and it's like oh fuck this this sucks you musicians out there i know you i know you guys agree with us i know you agree that the industry is fucking awful yeah i've heard so many horror stories about what it's like to work with these record companies yeah you just end up in debt and the sad thing is is that it's better now than it used to be i know isn't that crazy it still sucks it still sucks it sucks it's easier now to get discovered but then also
2: there's so much more competition. I mean, what what art form is there where you can create something and it actually doesn't suck to turn it into a business? I don't think that there is one that exists. <laughs> Maybe not. I don't know. I mean, you think about like people who do like like painting, artwork? Yeah. That industry is like that sucks. Yeah. You know, it's like you got to you got to know the right fucking gallery that'll put your shit up or whatever. Right? And then it's just like the whole market is just basically a facade because it's just, you know, it's a bunch of you know wealthy people just buying art. You know, it's like working in TV. It's the same thing as record companies. That's true.
1: You can submit, you can submit things to, um, uh, different, uh, you submit an idea to a network. It belongs to the network. Right. And they can either take your idea. And then it becomes their idea and everything about it and the name of it and yeah. everything and uh or they can maybe hire you to to flesh it out, but probably not yeah,
2: never pitch anything that you think is really really good because that's right you always go with your second or third just go with to the, the door thing that you know that could repl- that could be replaced easily right um
1: you know part another argument that I would kind of make here against some of the um Hoaxers is that, um, you know, this idea that it's like, so it's like, okay, what's, what's the purpose of going to the moon? It's kind of baller, right? It's technologically I mean, yeah, this baller. Was like, I mean, this was nationally, like, we're just trying to beat this the Soviet was just Union. A, just a big pissing contest it's a pissing contest. the Soviet
2: Union is the reason we went there originally. So my argument is, so you'd think
1: the US government wouldn't do everything in its power, lie, cheat, steal, fucking put people's lives at risk to win a competition. You think that they
2: wouldn't like, that's, that's the weird part of that argument is like, Oh, they couldn't fail. They had to do it within the decade. So they faked it because they couldn't do it. It's like, no, I'm pretty sure that they would have rather had like three skeletons show up on the moon. than they would have like, just been like, not do it at all. You know what I mean? Like they, and and like you said, do everything in their power to make sure that that mission goes as successful as could be Hoped for, yeah.
1: Like, like, do we? It's like, okay. So I guess there's there's a little bit of an argument to be made because you could say like, well, yeah, that's why they cheated and filmed it. And I and I almost am positive that on our Stanley Kubrick episode, we said, yeah, they probably did have a film backup. I wouldn't I wouldn't doubt that. Yeah, I wouldn't doubt that they were going to be successful no matter what. Yeah, that wouldn't. But at the same me. time, it's like I also can see them being like, yeah, we're going to pour billions of dollars into this, and you're going to get to the fucking moon. Right. I don't care how many fucking people have to blow up in a goddamn rocket or mm-hmm. how many people are starving and homeless and gasoline prices are skyrocketing and there's all these fucking issues. We're not going to spend any money on that.
2: Yeah. We're going to win this competition. Social <laughs> unrest can wait. Let's go to the moon. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, I mean... The Vietnam War. No, we're going to keep that going, but then you guys are also going to go to the moon. Yeah. I do, I do think, like, getting to the moon is a big achievement. Huge achievement. Uh, it was I'm not big- downplaying it. Scientifically... Important thing to do, I think, in terms of sure. space travel, and you know, it just, if anything, it it kind of helped our understanding of what the moon is and and things about. It it's helps. not made of cheese, as yeah. much as I wanted it to be. Yeah, <sighs> wish they could have brought back some of that cheese. Oh my god, that cheese is probably so oh, fucking,
1: fucking tangy. Moon cheese. Oh, 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 moon cheese is so good. you remember when Radiohead released that old album about cheese? Yeah, I do. I thought it was Gouda. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, compote. <laughs> compote cheese?
2: I think it's comp. Compt. <laughs> French. <laughs> Close enough. Um, i trying to get the bit in there. Yeah, the... Uh, the moon. The moon. Oh, yeah, the moon. Uh, I forgot about the moon. Spending
1: um, billions of dollars to get there. I don't know. I believe it. I, I, I just, I see us pouring money into that thing. There's so much, there was so much, again, okay, and this is your argument. I'm stealing it out of your mouth. I'm opening up your mouth. I'm like a dentist. I'm on your knees, standing on your knees, hovering over your mouth, extracting these words right out, like your
2: little tonsils. What happens at your dentist office that your dentist climbs on your body? <laughs> And stands on your knees. What do you mean? That's, that's a cleanup. How else
1: are they going to floss my molars? <laughs> you don't get fully nude at the dentist's office? What are you talking about? They gonna put that
2: lead vest over your penis. What? What are you talking about? They got to take those photos. Why would it be a vest over your penis? Wouldn't it be a loincloth? lead loincloth?
1: No, 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 dummy. They make you go into that room, strip nude. <laughs> that's, that's a fun, stupid bit of like a guy. They're like, okay, we're going to take some x-rays. And he's like, all right. And he's just start getting undressed <laughs> in his underwear. Like, uh, they're like, uh, we can see through your clothes. <laughs> anyway, um, you love this argument is that the the <laughs> amount of people, you use this on nine eleven. the amount of people that NASA would have to keep quiet is just, it's just impossible.
2: This is always the thing that comes up with these space missions, right? Right. Is that there's documented like tens of thousands of people that were involved in this. Right. And so they, they so they relayed fake data. They had, then they, so you have
1: hundreds of people at Houston command center, you know, the, the, the little dudes with the skinny ties and the glasses and the poindextery pocket protectors. They're analyzing real data in real time. That's coming back from the fucking Craft. Right. Lots of data, lots of communications data. So then you have a separate team whose job it is to send fake data that looks mathematically accurate, I guess. So they have to somehow, now they have to be like, okay, now we have to develop fake data that no one's ever seen before from the moon that's also accurate and mathematically correct that will fool some of the smartest people in the country. And then we also have to all keep quiet about it. Like you see how this starts spinning? Well yeah, it's like it's either... not just and then there's the astronauts too, right? All the
2: astronauts have to keep quiet for the rest of their lives. And and why would NASA keep doing moon missions? They could have just done one and then not done it again. <laughs> and this why only would they costed keep... 30 billion? <laughs> like why would they keep doing it? <laughs> and then have to have more and more people that they have to keep quiet. Right. Like like I mean Bart Sibrel has a whole list like it's like, what, 12 astronauts that he talks to? Nine astronauts or something? Right. In Astronauts Gone Wild. And it's like, they could not st- see any of their tits. They could- <laughs> yeah. I want to see Neil Armstrong's tits. <laughs> they could have stopped with three astronauts. Three people are the only ones who had to lie. And NASA could have said, it's not scientifically important for us to continue going to the moon. Right. And then shifted gears and done whatever else the hell they wanted. And probably nobody would have been like, well, we got to go back to the moon. There's right. more stuff to do. They could have just easily argued it away. It's too dangerous. Sorry, can't go back. They barely survived. We don't have to do it. And then there's only three people that you have to pay off. And yet they kept doing it. There's more and more people they have to pay off. Why would they do that? That's so stupid. And each time they got to make fake data. Fake data. They got to fake the whole thing. Fake images, fake artifacts. Everything's got to be fake. Why would they keep doing it? Moon rocks that are going to come back
1: and be tested by people. And then the Soviets have been there. So the Soviets are in on it too. Yeah, the Soviets are
2: doing a fake thing. Although I will say. To be fair to some of the conspiracy theorists, because we're kind of taking a big old shit on them right now. That's right. Some of them do say, we just didn't go in 1969, but eventually we did go to the moon. That's true. That we had the technology, just wasn't ready in 1969. But then in the 70s, we did actually go to the moon. So some of the other astronauts are telling the truth. And people that were involved in those, it's just the people that were involved in Apollo 11, the 1969 moon landing, are all lying. And that was all fake. So then my question is then like,
1: like, so what do you fucking care? What? Yeah. you're mad about a 30 billion 30 billion dollars the US government fucking takes 30 billion dollars and, and wipes their fucking Uncle Sam's ass with it there's way out <laughs> of shit you can be mad about you dumbass like yeah.
2: you're mad about 30 billion dollars Like, and, and, and yet even though in that scenario with this theorist who think it did actually go. Then it obviously contributed to research and development to further refine the technology that allowed right. us to go to the moon. So why is it a big deal? So it's really only like maybe less than thirty billion, it's right? Maybe fifteen or ten, right? <laughs> a paltry sum in the you know god awful waste of the U.S. government over the years. Right. I mean, how much money did they spend on Vietnam? Right. It was probably I don't I don't know how what many the number am, is. how many lives of innocent men. These aren't even fucking fighter pilot chads yeah. who were like, "Hell yeah, I want to get strapped to a rocket and go to the fucking moon." Yeah, we're talking like NASA is probably responsible for like what? 50 deaths at yeah. most. Yeah. That's like that was like a day in Vietnam.
1: You could be spending all this effort you spend to grift about the moon landing. You could spend it I don't know, fucking Helping a charity or some shit, or like <laughs> you know, I, you could say that. You could kind of cop out and say that argument on anything, but these yeah. are the people who are like, you know, very like you're you're at this point in life, you're going up to people,
2: lying, in then mean, we're freaking specifically on Bart Sibrel. We right? are, and, and look, I, I think bunk funkers. I don't know how you feel. We're going to go on the record here and say that Bart Sibrel fucking sucks. Yeah. And we both hate him and yeah. find him annoying. Yeah. And his tactics are stupid. <laughs> right. And he acts like an idiot. And this is what he gets. Like, he, don't act like an idiot and his, you won't get criticized. His films make all the astronauts look like very professional. like... And he looks s- like a loudmouth jerk. Right. Acc- accosting people. Right. Just coming up to them and being like, why are you such a fucking liar? And why this do is you lie? From all the us. Heads? Yeah. Yeah. Obnoxious. Fucking jerks. At right. least we're not going out to astronauts and being this way. We're just doing it to you, where you have the yeah. option to shut this off at any moment. <laughs> yeah, that's
1: true. <laughs> going into their homes. Yeah. Lying. Obviously, you have to get some kind of credentials to get into these guys' homes. And then they realize who he is. They all talk. They all know who he is. Yeah. You could see some of them, like, uh, what's his name? John Young? Whoever. I forget his first name. Young. He's like, he sees him and he immediately starts like running away and like finds him at a convention. and He like speed walks away. (laughs) It's just, it's, it's gotcha. This weird gotcha journalism that he's kind of doing. It's not even journalism. It's, uh, it's, it's
2: just, it's, it's clickbait garbage. It's very clickbaity. It's just, it's just designed to get like reacts. Yeah. And uh, I mean, it's, I don't know. There's, there's. And he comes with like no evidence to present to them. It's not like a
1: well-reasoned Yeah, he usually tries to show this like footage that he says he's got secret from NASA where it's them on the shuttle and they're like putting a filter over the window to make it look like they're going to the moon and you can like clearly see the boom arm. Something like that. And it's it's just very, I'm just, a lot of the evidence really just does not stack up At all Um, And You know and to be frank I just like it's like We went to the moon I don't really give a fuck And we're going to it now We can send drones and robots And shit Yeah, I mean William Shatner just got back from orgasming On the moon or orgasming in space
2: Yeah Like we're there dude Yeah he dropped his Van Allen belt and (laughs) pulled out his wiener On that space shuttle Started jerking it looking out the windows Oh
1: yeah He pulled out his. uh, He set his fucking phasers to come. Space
2: (laughs) space triple X.
1: (laughs) Wow! Oh wow! Amazing!
2: Amazing! (laughs) Wow! Oh wow! Look at oh! Ooh! I love the thing I loved most about that video is everybody else, yeah, in the video being like, "Hey, look at this!" This is so. (laughs) This is so crazy, and he's just
1: floating.
2: Wow constantly wow oh wow oh my goodness wow oh my gosh
1: bunk we are of course talking about the recent uh things posted on uh social media and reddit where uh this was this film footage of of william shatner going to space on mm-hmm. jeff bezos blue blue what is it blue origins rocking yeah rocket yeah uh the blue pill rocket and um and um he was in space I mean, freaking out, having a, a mind-blowing experience, looking just literally looking out the window, right? Yeah. And I, I don't know who the other people were on the other fucking millionaire, billionaires or whatever. Yeah. I don't know who they fucking were. But they were all like having a good time. And you know what was interesting is a lot of the comments were kind of split, where some people like were like, wow, William Shatner is just blown away at this opportunity. And all these other people are just goofing off and having like a blah 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 time and he's just trying to take it all in this majestic experience and blah 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 and jeff bezos totally cuts him off and then other people are kind of like making fun of it where they're like yeah everyone else is just having a great time and william shatner is kind of like tripping dude like yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) like william shatner is not really like in the moment enjoying this he's like the dude who took mushrooms and like is having he's having an existential like moment right there right and everyone else is like enjoying the trip yeah (laughs) And he is like, he's having a different trip. <laughs> right. I mean, I feel for the guy. I, you know, I don't think he'll get another chance to go to space and he, being such a prolific, you know, Star Trek, this whole show that made his career was about space. So I'm sure that was like, just, I don't know.
2: You can't put words to it for him. Um, do you think uh, Jeff, do you think Jeff Bezos will, uh, you know, give him the Spock treatment? take his body into space and Uh, launch it out into the i've seen no star
1: trek so uh, i know nothing about star trek that's lost on me my friend i'm like with star trek what you are like with most the rest of media yeah with (laughs) all pop culture i've seen
2: most of pop culture most of popular pop culture (laughs) i have not seen any star trek i mean trekkies you'll have to obviously shout me down loudly if i say something wrong here but like Spock dies, I think, in one of the movies. Yeah. And they like have this funeral and they shoot his body out in space. Maybe. I think. Well, I wonder what like the world government's regulations are for that. Like, hey, listen, we don't want that bodies floating out there. I don't know. That's a good question. I mean, I guess it would be hard right now to get a body onto space. But with this uh, increase in privatized space flight, it would be easier than ever. You just go to Bezos and say, Bezos, blast me into space, bro. Hey, Jeffy B., what up? Uh, Listen, I got a bunch of dead bodies I need to launch into the stratosphere. You help me out, my dude? Worst space flight
1: ever. Simpsons? Riders? What's up? Yeah, you need the help. You need the help. (laughs) need us to come in and punch up for season (laughs) fucking 35 or whatever they're on. Yeah. Um... You know, obviously we've we've talked about we've talked about this on the Stanley Kubrick episode, but I want to point it out is that um, Stanley Kubrick doesn't make mistakes. So if they did film it on a sound stage, you guys wouldn't have all these inconsistencies. Yeah. I promise you that. Well,
2: I promise you that. And hey, I want to say something too about about Stanley Kubrick. Yeah, a couple of things, actually. Okay. Um, in the wake of our release of that episode, uh, our friend. And contributor to this episode, Justin Link. That's right. Sent us both a video, a YouTube link um, of people who work in, I guess, videography or filmmaking, kind of like dissecting the moon footage uh, and saying, you know, really looking into this argument that Kubrick faked the moon landing footage and they basically pointed out how None of the footage we have supports that that could have been done with the technology at the time.
0: Wow.
2: Um, you know, just that if you compare and contrast the moon landing footage with the footage that Kubrick did for 2001: A Space Odyssey, honestly, 2001: A Space Odyssey looks fake comparatively. Like it's a great film, it's a very well-made film, amazing film. But compared to like actual footage of space travel, it's like you know, they talk about the logistics of actually setting up these shots and how it would be almost impossible to do it the way that they've got the angles and the fact that you don't see any shift in, in things like there's this continuous background and blah, 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 blah. Yeah, movies hide a lot of their mistakes with cuts. Right. And edits and, and, and things like that. And you don't have that with the moon, the right. moon landing footage. Um, I also read something, I think maybe from New York Times or something, uh, after that episode was released. Uh, specifically about The Shining and about the moon landing hoax. And uh, it was Kubrick's assistant on the film who was talking about why Kubrick made the decisions he made. Because we've said it a lot, Kubrick was very purposeful in the things that he included and the things that he he showed. Nothing was by mistake. Nothing's by mistake. At the same time, people have taken that and then misconstrued what his intention would be that everything has a deeper meaning and it doesn't always like people have pointed out the typewriter. That's a big part of the, the Kubrick moon landing hoax is the typewriter that's in the film. Um, the typewriter, this is like an old typewriter of Kubrick's. He put it in there because he thought it looked really good in the shot, right? It framed up really nice in that shot. He thought it looked nice in the shot. That's not, that's very deliberate. And because you are, it's a visual medium. You have to have a certain aesthetic. He was an amazing technically. Like he was yeah. gifted. Yeah. Uh, his, he
1: was a gifted photographer even before making movies. Um, Danny's sweater. Yeah. Has the Apollo, Apollo 11. 11 on it. Yeah.
2: He asked somebody local to get him or somebody on the, the set to like, he wanted Danny to wear something that looked homemade because he thought that fit the aesthetic some lady brought the sweater to the set. He didn't pick the sweater specifically. They brought it to the set as a homemade thing. He was like, this looks great. This is exactly what I'm looking for. Now, if he wanted, you know, like he would have had somebody make that prop instead of saying like, go find me something that's homemade like rather than, you know, he would have directed that if he was trying to really like hammer home the moon landing thing. Instead, it just, that was just what they happened to find he loved the way it looked. Again, it's an aesthetic choice. That's right. And, I mean, that's a that's a reason to do things, right? Like, you don't, it's not like you pick it because you're trying to convey some secret message. It might just be like, it's a visual medium. You might just do something because that's what looks really good in the shot. Yeah, he liked things
1: that looked good and were cool. And at the same time, we mentioned this on our episode, you know, There's other imagery in The Shining. It's not just moon landing. (laughs) Right. There's lots of other metaphor and imagery that you can pull from it. Right. He could have meant that. He could have meant something else. He could have meant things about people being fake. This whole motif of like conspiracy and hiding who you truly are and like different things. And of course, like the moon landing hoax was. It's a huge conspiracy. It's always been one. It's one that's been even in James Bond. They made a joke about it. Where he's running through the movie sets, right? Oh, yeah. That's in. Uh that's in Diamonds Are Forever right and then they're filming like a moon landing thing and it's mm-hmm. like you know it's it's just been it's Jill St.
2: John Aru
1: <laughs> oh my god was Dick Nougat did he send us another tape
2: Aru it's me Nixon Aru these fucking moon landings we gotta really fake these things good okay
1: Dick Dick Nougat Oh, Dick also faked them. Wow, I didn't know that. Um, yeah, Andy, I don't know. That's. I think that's it for me. I, I That's all the stuff I kind of wanted to bring up about the moon landing. I mean, obviously, I think we can... Uh,
2: I want to talk about why the m- rocks from the moon are older than rocks from Earth. Um, okay. You know, folks, one thing you got to keep in mind about um, the Earth is that the Earth is a living planet. Um, so... <sighs> The earth is constantly creating new rocks through volcanic processes. Um, tectonic plates are shifting across each other. That's helping to you know, recreate new rocks. So the earth's surface is relatively young compared to some of the things that are beneath the surface. And when you go to someplace like the moon, where there's not active volcanic um, uh, things happening in the, in the moon, uh, the rocks on the surface can be quite old uh, because they've been unchanged for so long. It's the reason that those moon rocks are so. So much the older. Earth
1: is barely legal, and the Moon is milf. Moon, I'd like to
2: fuck. Yeah, bingo. Um, cool. I also want to talk about one thing with the photographs, real quick. Oh yeah, I had something else I wanted to bring up too. You go first. The light thing. Mm. They're always talking about the light and how, like, it totally makes sense that you can't see the stars. Like, you have to consider, like, the stars are like pinpricks of light. Mm. You're not that much closer to them on the Moon than you are on Earth. Like, it's not like we're that close to anything. The sun is still so much brighter than anything else in the sky. And yes, the moon is really bright in the Earth's sky. And that's just reflected light. Like, you think about what that must be like up close. It's got to be pretty bright. And the sun is, like, super fucking bright on the moon because you don't have even, like, as much atmosphere to shield as we have on Earth. Um, Get a bit of sunburn on the moon. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, like, think about it. We can see... In the sky on Earth with our naked eyes, things like Jupiter and Saturn. I would like to remind everybody those things don't generate light. Planets don't generate light. The only reason we can see them is because it's the sun's reflected light. Jupiter and Saturn are so much further away from our eyes Unbelievable. than the moon is. Yeah. Yet you can see it clearly in the sky. Right. Why would we not think that there would be like illumination? From the sun, like enough to like light up parts in the shadow. You can see with your naked eye, like uh, craters and detail on the moon. Like we're not giving the sun a lot of credit here for how fucking bright it is. Let's give it some fucking credit, okay? Theorists, the sun is goddamn bright. Let's praise the fucking sun. Praise the sun. Hail, soul.
1: Oh, you're 100% right, Andy. I mean, it's like that old song goes, you know, if we say that airplanes in the night sky are like shooting stars, I could really use a wish right now. Um, it's exactly like that. So, yeah, it is.
2: um, you're right. That's what I had in mind. Um, now you were going to say something about the photographs.
1: Yeah. Um, what would you do if like Neil Armstrong just like took a big old dookie on the moon's surface? <laughs> wait if you went to the moon would you be tempted to do that and then be known as like the first guy who's like yeah i took his shit on the moon
2: no i would be scared to be honest to pull my bare ass out on the moon
1: or what if you like you know just started humping the moon or like did some what if i'm starting? like i was thinking like what if he just started doing some really weird shit just because (laughs) and then they're like what the fuck are you like no one could stop him (laughs) nobody could stop him going it's it's would be like Neil, stop, and he'd be like, I don't want to.
2: You can't do anything to me. I'm on the moon. It's a real credit to Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin <laughs> that they were such gentlemen <laughs> that they didn't like pantomime masturbating yeah. or like fucking each other in the ass yeah. or sucking each other's dicks yeah. on the moon or you know
1: <laughs> or like I don't know even like playing with the moon stand like throwing it at each other
2: like. Doing weird shit. Or they man. didn't say a bunch of weird shit on the comms coming yeah. back and there's like beaming live to everybody. Oh my god, they could have never sent us. You know what's interesting though? So at the time of this recording, there was a recent Mars rover landing. Yeah. Um, you know, we talked about in the, the research about how they are beaming back signals from the moon to like two stations in Australia and one in the US, and then everything's getting uploaded to Houston uh at at the mission control. They did basically the same thing with the the Mars rover. Like there were stations all across the Earth so that the, the Mars rover has to send its signal the least amount of distance. Right. So as the Earth is rotating, like they've planned this out so that they have like receiving stations for the data all across the globe. And then they just send it back to the main mission control facility. Math is very important. I mean, these eggheads think of some... Pretty smart things they do. I mean, we take a dump on eggheads, and rightfully so. And rightfully so. Rightfully so. Eggheads, we're hogged out chads. So we're cool. Eggheads deserve our scorn. That's but right. Sometimes they come up with some good stuff. They deserve
1: our scorn, but occasionally they deserve an acorn. Yeah, an acorn of these thankful pigs. <laughs> <laughs> these 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 fucking Spanish hogs. These vegan these, these fucking chestnuts. We had to take the loins out of your neck and make gabagoo out of uh, you. Yum, yum, yum it's true with famous uh capricolo like a uh, real deal capricolo those pigs can only eat a very certain
2: acorn yeah. that grows in italy yeah and and uh the spanish trees the spanish spanish pigs the iberico that's right it's like chestnuts they eat like chestnuts or whatever oh, pork, products. pork products oh we gotta get out here and get some pork <laughs> i gotta go have some ham
1: i don't know i just think it would be funny if if they just started doing some obnoxious shit on the moon, like it's like to not only be the first guy on the moon, but also be the first guy to like, I don't know, take a dump on the moon. <laughs> like I've done both kind of sucks though, to be the dude who doesn't get to go. Can you imagine that? Like that takes a lot of like mental fortitude. I think, I think we got to also give an acorn. We're giving an acorn to the sun. We're giving an acorn to some eggheads and we're going to give an acorn. I think to Michael Collins, Michael Collins and all the other astronauts that stand in all the, the other orbiters. Guys whose names we don't feel like looking up. Yeah. But like, imagine that you have to go through all the training, but you don't get to go to the moon. You get to go to space, but you have to stay in orbit. Although you do have to
2: say, like, first of all, if I'm Michael Collins, being in orbit is okay. Like you kind of, you are kind of on autopilot at that point. I disagree with Jeff. But if you're Neil Armstrong, I mean, it's kind of scary. I would be kind of scared to walk out of that that lander to land on the ship Because, honestly, you don't know what you're going to find. It feels like waiting in line and never getting to go on the roller coaster. I hear you, though. That's fair.
1: You get to watch your two friends go on the roller coaster. And then you have to sit back and operate the crank and then
2: wait for them to get off. Hmm. Well, have we ever considered that Michael Collins is a cuck? <laughs> and he actually, like, really enjoyed that? <laughs> That he got to watch his friends (laughs) get off, get off on the moon. And he just had to sit back there and make him more of a voyeur.
1: Yeah. But uh, you're right. No, I don't know. I'm going to hand him an apron. No, no.
2: (laughs) Michael Collins was in a romantic relationship with the moon. (laughs) So he watched his two friends violate the moon while he stayed in orbit. (laughs) And they sent back some hot video. (laughs) (laughs) That's what we want to do. We want to go up to all these guys and
1: have them swear on the fucking Bible. Raise your right hand under terrible damnation, penalty of perjury and treason that you liked watching the your two friends fuck the moon. Sick fuck. <laughs> All right, Andy, I think we got to get to our verdicts here. What do you say? I think I I think the bunkfuckers know what we're gonna say.
2: Yeah, <laughs> we've been we've been shitting pretty heavily on. The theories here. So I don't remember what my verdict was from, did Kubrick fake the moon landing? I don't I pro- remember either. I'm guessing I probably gave it a shred of plausibility just yeah. because I said like Kubrick might have done some footage right? Um, that that was used as a backup. Um, But I'm pretty sure, and I don't, you know what? Fuck you. I don't owe you consistency across every episode. I'm a human yeah. being. I learn things. I grow. I develop. Right. I react to things in the moment. Um, and we don't like listening to ourselves because we sound awful. I'm not going to go back and re listen because I don't care. Yeah, I said stupid shit. Then I'm going to say stupid shit now. Right. It's all the same dumb shit that comes out of my fucking ugly mouth. <laughs> I'm going case closed. <laughs> <laughs> I think I want to go on the record officially and say I think we went to the moon. Yeah, I just don't feel like any of these like arguments against it are really all that compelling. They it's, really are. It's nitpicky bullshit that skeptics have, frankly. In my opinion, good rebuttals for.
1: They have debunked it time and time again. Now we have called out skeptics when we feel like they don't do a good job mm-hmm. debunking it. This
2: is one where I think they've done a very good job.
1: This is this has been done. Uh, there's it's airtight. This is a tight butthole, tight seal on this fucking. Thing. No turds are getting on the lunar surface. No on this turds one. are getting on the lunar surface with this one. I agree with you, Andy. I'm case closed as well. A hundred percent. I think went to the moon. Um. You know, I'll sit there and I'll, I'll listen to philosophical arguments or whatever about should we have gone to the moon? Sure. That's fair. But did we go? Yeah, we did. And these arguments are very nitpicky. I found nothing that convinced me besides the deleting of the data, which I think is just a stupid mistake that they regret and they wish they didn't do now in hindsight. Um, and so that's the only thing that gave me any pause when I looked at this. So... Bunkfuckers, those were our verdicts. That's the whole enchilada here on the uh uh whatever the fuck this is, the moon landing hoax. Let us know what you think. Use the hashtag. Uh I'm gonna say hashtag
0: mooncuck. <laughs> hashtag mooncock.
1: <laughs> and let us know what you think about the moon landing hoax. Email us, MrBunkerPod at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter and Instagram at Mr. Bunker Pod. Uh, find us on YouTube, Mr. Bunker Pod. And if you feel so inclined, you have the means to do so, you want to support the show, find us on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Mr. Bunker Pod. Two new episodes every month of our Patreon-only show, Bunker Discord, monthly newsletters, sneak peeks behind the scenes, etc. Um, Andy,
2: that's it. That's the moon. That's the moon, baby. Hey, Bunk funkers, You know, if you think that we fucked up and we totally missed it on this one, let us know. We'd love to hear from you. That's right. And if you think we're right, especially let us know because we need our ego stroke.
0: Oh, we love it.
1: We love it. Let us know what you think, Bunk Funkers. And uh, yeah, for not the titular Mr. Bunker, but for my quick hatch. Co host, Andy Hart. I'm Art Stone saying that was the whole enchilada.
2: Oh, look. Heart, my penis. It grew wings. It's out of its cocoon. It's so beautiful. <laughs>